This podcast is brought to you by patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Head there to check out exclusive podcasts like Talking Futurama, Talk King of the Hill, the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast, and tons more. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons coming to you live from the corner of Zany Avenue and Martin Luther King Boulevard. I'm your host, the Cal Gentleman Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert, and I won't be doing a monologue because my feet hurt. And who do we have on the line? Who are our special guests today? Uh, I'm Alexander Edward, and I guess I just naturally assumed this episode was some of my business. And this <laughs> week's episode is The Lastest Gun in the West. Hurry up, Bob, or you'll be late to be killed by the dog! <laughs> what? I said you'll be late for school! <laughs> this week's episode originally aired on February 24th, 2002, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real-world history. <gasps> oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, Canada beats U.S. for the gold in the uh, Winter Olympics hockey. Queen of the Dam debuts at number one at the box office, and Alicia Keys and U2 win big at the 44th Grammys. I mean, it was never even a contest when it comes to hockey. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, you see, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the Simpsons go to Canada, and it ends with a joke about, like, Canadian uh, Olympic basketball team. They suck. And it's it was all just cover because we feel inferiority on the hockey side of things. Canada beat us. The U.S. has won their share of golds there, but Canada won it big at the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics of 2002. So I take it they didn't make a movie about this year. <laughs> you know, at least not in America. If there's been one mm. that aired on the CBC, maybe, but uh, not not on this side of the, the border. Suddenly, yeah. no, nobody wants even, oh, Miracle didn't occur. I guess it's not worth making a movie about. <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was a lesser miracle. Uh, but we also have Queen of the Damned, the long-awaited follow-up to interview with the vampire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the posthumous uh, film appearance of Aaliyah. She's that in that movie, right? right? Yes. Yeah. These are all facts I know about it. <laughs> yes. And the vampire Lestat is a rock star. Mm-hmm. It's like, what if Lestat became uh, Eddie Vedder, basically, in the 90s? That's how he became famous. And and, and yes, but it's it's mainly remembered because the, the Egyptian queen of the damned in it is... Uh, was played by Aaliyah, who was making her big, you know, transition into film uh, and movie star uh, at the time uh, before her untimely death from a plane crash. And uh, yeah, she was released posthumously. I believe also that her younger brother could do a voice like hers. So there's some ADR lines in it that are done by him, mm. I believe. Okay. Uh, that's uh, these. These are my uh, light memories of the uh, the ads for Queen of the Damned at the time. I I didn't see it, even though uh, I. I had friends who were big uh, Lestat fans and fans of the Anne Rice-averse, uh, but I, I was not, unfortunately. Or fortunately, what am I saying? <laughs> unfortunately, I wasn't. Hey. I didn't have a good enough taste to like the Anne Rice novel. <laughs> that, uh, something from the vampire's point of view. <laughs> uh, the first movie is, is fun. I, I just rewatched it a few months ago. It's, it's very cheesy and fun with good performances. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, I don't think I realized that Queen of the Damned was the direct sequel to Interview with the Vampire. What a What an insane thing to have be a sequel i mean i i know interview with a vampire wasn't high art or anything but it's generally considered to be a pretty good quality movie am i am i right yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, not to go too far into this, but Queen of the Damned, the book, was 88. And that's why the premise is Lestat is a rock star. Mm-hmm. In 2002, there are no rock stars outside of the ones who survived, right? Right, yes. Yeah, the 90s rock stars, uh, like you too, are the rock yeah. stars who won big at the Grammys. Yes. I think I got that movie confused with Constantine because for some reason I, I misremembered Gavin Rossdale being in Queen of the Damned, but I think I'm I'm just thinking of Lestat. That's kind of like, <laughs> that was the one-to-one comparison I made with Lestat as opposed to like Eddie Vedder. I've been doing a, a rewatch of like my favorite bad movies from the mid to late 90s and yeah, that's it's such a good new metal era of movies and Queen of the Damned isn't one that I've revisited yet but uh, I have gone back and I do I do own uh, Jet Li's The One which is just mm. a masterpiece of, of new metal cinema I mean they take <laughs> the uh, the down with the sickness that song and they chop it up so that you never hear like an actual word you only hear the nonverbal utterances <laughs> from uh, David Draymond, I believe, is the singer of Disturbed. Oh, my God. And they just repeat it over and over while Jet Li is, like, hitting cops with their own motorcycles. Oh, man. I, you know, I wish the one is one of the few uh, Jet Li American films I've not seen. And I even watched his, uh, well, it's called Danny the Dog. That's the better name for it. Uh, the one with Bob Hoskins, who, oh, like, yeah. uh, bosses him around. But it was mm. called, like, Unleashed here or something, yeah. I think. Much better is Danny the Dog. I think but it's news to me uh, that's uh, a creation of the very unproblematic Luc Besson all uh, right yes. that guy that yeah. makes so uh, much sense mm-hmm. uh, and the Grammys U2 one you said and Alicia Keys okay yes, I resent yeah. that people expect me to know about U2 I feel like the idea <laughs> is that like everybody loves U2 you know all their songs and all their albums I don't know anything about them outside of like Weird Al did a version of one of their songs once. Oh, wait, didn't didn't your wife do a very funny comic strip about explaining you two songs to you and saying how every song title <laughs> yes. sounds like, just sounds made up? And she's like, no, it goes like this, beautiful day, la la It's la, like la. every song title is actually lyrics in the song that are yes. said a lot, yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm not a U2 fan and uh, well, it was a weird Grammy, like best album was uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack? Oh man, everybody, I listen to that one all the time, all of these like oldie time spirituals yeah and stuff on it were were you like my friend who listened to I'm a man of constant sorrow you're like that's me (laughs) Uh, no no I I had a friend who was like that no no I the song I played the most on that was probably the uh, you are my sunshine sung by the little girls in the movie that Uh. was the cutest one but 2002 that's like the era of like iron and wine and bright eyes and stuff so that like hit at exactly the right time you know not quite the same genre but it's definitely like hobo hipster clap stomp adjacent music yeah oh i mean it's it's rolling out the red carpet for twee there but through the uh, the the past uh version of it yeah i mean well postal service is just a couple years away at this time mm. yeah and <laughs> i think in a year or so it's the garage rock revolution with like franz ferdinand and oh, yeah. uh, those yeah. bands that all sound like them. The hives yeah yeah, yeah. Well, those the, guys the strokes was i think 2001 who really mm-hmm. kicked ah. it. i mean they're like I, I still like that album a lot but uh oh me too yeah i think i think some of those copycats are, are pretty good and some of them aren't and i don't remember which i i always remember it's 2001 because in late fall of 2001 because there was a song in it about called new york city cops they took out of it for the mm. u.s release cowards 
because the song is New York City Cops. They're not too smart. Which obviously you can't have a song like that after 9/11. They're It'd heroes. Yeah. Come uh, on now. I'll tell you what made me feel old was when in that time of February 2020, where everything felt possible and everything oh was going to be great. At Bernie Sanders rallies uh, during the primary, the Strokes played at a couple of them, and I was like, "Yeah, hip and cool." The Strokes, <laughs> and then I was like. No, wait a minute. I'm just like the guy in the 90s who said like, yeah, Bruce Springsteen at the at, at the Howard Dean thing. This is great. Yeah. If, you, if you had a kid, you would say, no, this is the Strokes, honey. <laughs> yes. And yeah. they're very good. Your daddy liked them. See, up in Washington, we had the uh, the actual cool modern uh, version of the Strokes, which was Portugal the Man, oh, um, who man. also was like big, you know, 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it may as well be brand new music to me because mm-hmm. here I'm talking about the Strokes like yeah the Strokes brand new the brand new group from the, 21 years ago the kids love them yeah I just read their review <laughs> in Rolling Stone Rolling what? <laughs> uh, joining us today, though, is uh, Alex from the Minion Death Cult podcast. Welcome to the show, Alex. We were on your show a while back talking about a libertarian cartoon. It was very fun. Yeah, that's right. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I am a fan of the show. Me and my girlfriend usually listen to it while we're cooking dinner together. You know, you've had a lot of our friends on the show, like Murder Brian and a couple of, of the We Hate Movies guys. So uh, always, always a fun, always fun to listen to you guys. And yeah, you were on the top. Talking Tuttle Twins episode of Minion Death <laughs> yes. Cult, where we yeah talked about the libertarian kids alternative to the magic school bus. Uh, that was so much fun. I, I had never heard of it uh, until until you brought it into my life, Alex. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah, that was that was so much fun. For uh, thank you for inviting us on. It's so so nice. And yeah, and actually, I was I was going to talk about it because I I believe it's still your pin tweet, but you're wearing the shirt right now. The uh, at the time of this recording. Yeah, uh, what one of the finest things we've ever done with uh, Minion Death Cult is uh, make a Simpsons bootleg, a Bart bootleg shirt, which we did last year. And some people, you know, some people frown on the idea of uh, Bart holding a gun. Uh, I say it, Matt, it just depends on who he's pointing it at. You know, it's a rip from the, like, Gulf War opera- Operation Desert Storm era of Simpsons rip. So it's a rip of a rip, but instead of uh, threatening Saddam Hussein with a racial slur, uh, we have Bart threatening Jeff Bezos. So oh, that's great. Good stuff. I, yeah. I want reprints of those uh, Iraq war shirts. I want the one that says Bart that has Bart saying, I was there and it sucked. <laughs> that's my favorite one for Operation Desert uh, Storm, I think. Yeah, yeah, the him strangling Saddam is a good one too of the ones I, I remember. Yeah, I mean Bob, you you know them very well because you pulled together an entire like montage of them at, yeah. uh, at our one of our live shows. They're all very patriotic. Yes, yeah. And some of them problematic. Uh but uh but yeah, Alex, I, I I'm assuming you know you you grew up loving the simpsons uh yeah so i have a i have like a long history with the simpsons because i wasn't allowed to watch it at my ah, uh, one of those kids yeah and it's funny because like i found out a little bit later that the reason my dad wouldn't let me watch it was because he thought homer was the bad role model oh. and i was not even bart but homer and i was like you're just you're giving me zero credit if you think i don't understand that homer is like at best a cautionary example <laughs> counter example <laughs> right um so i had to watch it watch it in secret basically uh i watched you know what's it it's not called syndication when they play reruns on fox oh, yeah yeah that's it yeah, that's yeah. right okay. yeah so i watched you know it was 6 30 and 7 30 i mean it changed around you know over the over the years but it was about 6 30 and 7 30 yeah every day i would watch it i eventually did yeah buy the dvds when they started releasing the dvds and i would just 
fall asleep to the Simpsons pretty much every night. And then the next night or whenever I finished a single disc, I would just <laughs> replay it with all the commentaries and then fall asleep to that. So mm. that was like my first experience with a, you know, a podcast like experience uh was listening Speaking to the commentaries here, Alex. Yeah. yeah 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 it was fascinating hearing it you know because i've always been really interested in comedy and writing and art and it was just really fascinating to hear these guys you know joke around with each other but also kind of like explain the process a little bit so i i i love the simpsons i for health class i managed to weasel my way into bringing in a, a taped version of king size homer ha, i brought wow. I, as like as a health project i was like oh well this this one's about obesity so that's <laughs> that's going to be my project yeah and we we got to watch that in class i've that's like amazing noticed over the years like certain things that have been influenced by the simpsons that i didn't realize it like when i'm stalling for time on the show i will you know deftly go uh do 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 like <laughs> kill dead air and it was only like five years ago that i realized i'm doing that because that's what bart does when he's explaining how church should be fun and have taibo in it and he's going do 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 do, do and he's like doing air kicks <laughs> wow well yeah i mean uh it's the same with henry like when i'm whenever i'm with my wife it's like any kind of stimulus that passes in front of my eyes i will find a way to reference a simpsons thing i saw once mm -hmm. and she, yeah. she did not get annoyed ever and that's why we're together because uh, she does it as much as me it's beautiful yeah no when we first uh or when i first met nina one of the first things she did was out reference us like she gifted us smoked uh vancouver salmon yes and, uh, we didn't realize at first and we missed that that was a reference to wow. the laddie episode yeah wow <laughs> but i felt such shame i had a girlfriend as for for like a birthday present give me pig uh bride and groom cufflinks oh that's sweet i think she found them on <laughs> etsy or something so i, I still have those <laughs> Uh, and, and I mean, you know, must have, uh, in, informed your politics just a little bit, I would guess too. Yeah. So I was, I was raised pretty left. Uh, I come from a union family, like I'm union. I'm a teamster. I've been a teamster for 16 years. And so I think that also ties in with my love of the Simpsons. Like every time I hear them make fun of teamsters, I'm just like, yep, that's right. Like <laughs> I will, I will outstretch and out relax anybody, you know, anybody here under the, I'll out relax you under the table. <laughs> And so, yeah, like it, it wasn't maybe re revelatory to see like, you know, a strike out front of the nuclear power plant, but I, I, I liked it a lot, obviously. And I think just their general disdain for authority figures and organized religion, I really appreciated that. Mm -hmm. It's what all the teachers and parents were worried about. <laughs> but uh, and yeah, it's always interesting to hear from Mike because me and Bob were the opposite in that our parents let us watch it. And watched but, it with yeah. us. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so interesting to hear that that's what the syndicated versions were for for the opposite people who they're like oh well uh, the parents aren't home yet i can watch this uh in the daytime or in the afternoon or evening hours i i like that yeah it's funny my dad was like because my dad's you know union and but he also like went to college so i think he has like in a, in a bit of a, like an elitist uh, streak in him like you know so, some liberals do and he's a great guy I love him but I think he like looked down on Homer I think the you know the writers I don't know if we'll get into it on this episode but I think there is some like strains of elitism in the, in the writing team obviously with all of them being from Harvard like do you mm -hmm. do you guys remember that viral thread about somebody finding out that John Schwartzwelder is the one who wrote the Hank the Homer's enemy Hank Grimes episode mm, the viral thread that one I don't uh, I don't remember the viral uh, yeah, I don't thread. think I don't no, think I've yeah. seen it it was a tweet 
tweet, maybe not a, not a thread, but somebody was like, oh, I, it makes so much sense, or I can't believe that the guy who wrote Homer's Enemy is a libertarian, because <laughs> yes. Frank Grimes is like basically calling Homer out for being lazy and for having zero work ethic and for having everything handed to him. And so people were like, I don't know, judging it like harshly in that respect and like judging John Schwartzwelder harshly in that respect. And it's like, I get it. And John Schwartzwelder is like the real Ron Swanson, of course. I'm sure you guys have talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. that plenty. But the whole show is kind of mean to like working people. You <laughs> know, it is kind of like, <laughs> I mean, maybe not, maybe mean is the wrong word, but it's like it's pretty cynical, which is is fine. You know, it's it's fine to make fun of everybody and everything, but like, I don't think that that classism stopped at John Schwartzwelder. No, no. I mean, I think it punches up, but also down just as often. Mm -hmm. It's just like, it's the it's the very 90s, everyone's a target kind of thing that they never really dropped. Mm, yeah. They... But there is elitism in uh, Harvard graduates. Mm, and well, with, and with Schwartzwelder, definitely the feel you got that like he was the pet weirdo of a bunch of Harvard graduates. Like he's, they also, I mean, they kept him around because he's a very funny writer who writes funny things. Yeah. Like that's also why you keep him. But certainly the way they tell stories about him, including on this commentary, like part of the fun of, of all of the Simpsons commentaries is hearing them tell wild stories about Schwarzwalder. And and he was like the also the uh, right wing libertarian in the room of like saying, oh, they're going to uh, they're going to string up uh, Clinton. Bill Clinton in a, in a noose, he would say in the writer's room. <laughs> like that was we, we heard it from Mike Scully himself that during the uh, that that was his prediction during the impeachment of of Bill clinton and he's on twitter now it's really him it really Whoa. is him and i couldn't believe it mostly yeah. there just to sell his books which are very funny yeah they are very funny but but yeah like uh on the homer's enemy episode we certainly talked about how that comes through in it as like a grimy says to homer you're what's wrong with america yeah. you take and you take like it's but i think too the way they have it both ways in that is like if you the episode argues that if you care that much you're dead like <laughs> the you the world rejects you you shouldn't give that much of a shit you mm -hmm. just you'd be better off living like lenny or carl and just go like eh, i don't really think about it you know well, it's it's easier that way it also undermines the idea of a meritocracy which is like the right wing you know one of the tenets of the right wing in this country which is that oh you just need to work harder and you you will achieve the american dream and frank grimes is a living and soon to be dead example of that in that episode or a counter yeah, makes him go insane. <laughs> I think too. I'd say uh, our our other diagnosis in that episode is that Grimes is a libertarian in the way that he does not blame his boss for this. Like Burns is also wrong in this. Like he punishes Grimes instead of Homer, even though it's Homer's fault uh, in multiple cases. But he's only mad at Homer. He can't be mad at his boss because he's he's a simp for his boss, totally. the rich man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, and I do think in this episode, Last is Good in the West, uh, a little of that comes yeah. through with Schwarzwelder as well, especially because, uh, I mean, what libertarian doesn't love cowboys? And that fucking Tuttle Twin show, yes. uh, it's it's all about cowboys, the episode we watch. Uh, yeah. yeah, Schwarzwelder loves cowboys. This is them letting him have fun because he's almost done with the show. Like, mm -hmm. uh, he'll be he'll be wrapping up uh, by the beginning of uh, Air's broadcast season 14, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think so. But yeah, like he loves cowboys so much that everybody on the simpsons got a development deal uh not necessarily with fox but he did 
He made one pilot. It's called Pistol Pete. It's on yeah. YouTube. You can watch it. It's insane. <laughs> but they let John Swartzwelder make a pilot. Yeah. And they had to build sets and hire people. And he wrote all the dialogue. Like, there is a potential John Swartzwelder sitcom that never happened. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to cover Pistol Pete at some point, Henry. For sure, yeah. yeah. You know what? After the, their planned Teen Angel episode, that'll be the next one, <laughs> I think. We should. Maybe that's what we fit in. That's our New Year's episode. We do yes. that. Start the new year with Pistol Pete. Yeah, I agree. I no, I hey, and I wish if every crazy libertarian was as funny as John Swartzwelder, the world would be a better place. Unfortunately, they're not. Like he's he's a funny and and we're very lucky too that he actually gave his a first actual interview to the New Yorker uh, in the last year. Yes, like, yeah. He gave us some insight into the man himself. Which, uh, but this episode, this is a wacky episode, but not wacky enough, I'd say. Yeah, it's uh, it was hated upon its release because it is weird and kind of inexplicable. And, and this kind of guest star does not feel like where the show is now. It feels like Oakley and Weinstein would have hired this old man to be on their episodes. Yeah, it's much more of a seven and eight thing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was not a fan of Westerns than I am now, mm. but uh, not necessarily the kinds of Westerns that he is in. Oh, this, this no. Character. I, no, no, no. I don't. I never much cared for too many old Westerns, even the ones by John Ford or Howard Hawk. I liked the weird ones of those or the at least slightly postmodern ones like, you know, Searchers, which is which is in its own way about killing hippies, you know, in yeah. its own way. Uh, but hey, the, High Noon is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that that is is the socialist or the more socialist one yeah. of those and same one and rio bravo is just a nice hanging out movie i i like that movie but but mostly i i prefer the westerns after the spaghetti the after the leone westerns and those kinds like the the meta ones or or say insane video game ones like quick in the dead like that's oh, that a one's whole awesome, lot of fun. Yeah. i yeah. love quick in the dead I, I grew up watching that on tv like before i even knew who sam raimi was like that one coming on tv you know it got pretty regular play on various movie channels i re-watched it you know in honor of sam raimi and it's it's fantastic i mean the cast is so stacked and it's it's such a cool small story uh shot and told like very excitingly and just yeah in it like crazy visuals crazy tone in that movie i love it critics hated that movie yeah because yeah. it wasn't some slow ponderous thing about the death of the west and also <laughs> yeah. they saw they saw sharon stone and they were like who does she think she is this <laughs> slut <laughs> take your clothes off <laughs> And look, I like those ones too. I like Unforgiven. That's a really good movie. I I like it a whole lot. But yeah, I, I but every fucking cowboy movie for the last thirty years is about how there's no more cowboy movies or this is the last cowboy. He's right. Like even you know uh, the very good video game Red Dead Redemption, which I I really really enjoyed. You know, like ten hours in, I was like, this is another Death of the West one. Is everything the fucking Death of the West? How about just the West is just a thing that happens? How about that for one? Well, I got a movie. I got a Western for you. It's not about like the death of the West. Uh, It's about how there are like Neanderthal caveman cavemen living in the mountains who steal your women and split your men down the middle from the groin. Uh, It's it's called Bone Tomahawk. Highly recommend it. Oh, I haven't seen that. I think I have heard of it. I have heard good stuff about that. (laughs) I there were some good uh, neo westerns too that I saw. Man, I'm I'm looking up this movie now. It was uh, ah Hell or High Water. Have hmm. you guys seen that one? Seen parts of it. It's I have pretty not. good. 
it's it's really good i i didn't know the plot of it uh i but it was more like my stepdad loves westerns and by the way like the most popular tv show on tv right now is a western yellowstone mm-hmm. uh which is a stepdad ass show yeah we covered that with chris cabin from we hate movies like <laughs> okay. a couple years. it is that is an insane show and i'm gonna I'm reference it later in this episode compliment to hell or high water that movie i just wanted to take my stepdad to a western movie but it's about how like the banks foreclosed on this guy's house and is going to foreclose on his ranch and they are robbing banks to then pay the bank backs to get to keep their home Mm, like so it's about how the banks are it's also written by taylor sheridan the yellowstone guy Mm -hmm. but it is it is more upfront about like fuck the banks like which i i enjoyed that aspect of it and uh stars chris pine he's good in it good movie but jeff bridges is in it playing the sheriff oh yeah yeah Yeah. he's the old sheriff i love him he's the old racist sheriff that's uh yeah good movie a thumbs up yeah now let's talk about fake westerns yes yeah yeah this uh, from uh what's it, buck mccoy i forgot his name yeah buck mccoy okay. is the, the name of him here and i i mean this the genesis of this one though was not despite it being aimed right at john Swartzwelder because he loves old west stuff like they say that he lives in one of roy rogers old houses <laughs> this is actually the idea of the a different writer ron Hauge. that uh, shocked me i yeah, forgot that <laughs> that that bart would befriend a retired western star and then it was Swartzwelder who brought to it the very looney tunes dog chasing down bart uh, first act of it uh but certainly i feel like all the jokes about complaining about soft millennial kids <laughs> i i also feel is very sports mm-hmm, yeah. too. and you know al jean very defensive on the commentary for this one too like he's uh, like i said at the time uh famously disliked and yes, people were yeah. very mad around this time anyways mm-hmm, blame mm-hmm, it on 9 yeah. 11 i don't know what to say but uh, they didn't like this and nobody nobody was a fan of dennis weaver yeah. either yes yeah but i think that pro- there wasn't enough uh, static x in this episode <laughs> <laughs> they should have you know if they had just cast the lead singer of Static X, the late lead singer of Static X as the singer, uh, as the main character instead. They were waiting for a gold member to make us laugh again. <laughs> <laughs> we still had months to go. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. Lousy ducks. Woohoo! Ew. Hmm. Trade you that teeny little butterfinger for this big manly poodle. No thanks, homeboy. Uh, you little. <laughs> what the? Presenting Sheba the Bearded Lady. Yeah. <gasps> ah, crispity, crunchity, peanut buttery butterfinger from Nestle. Want to go dancing? Nobody better lay a finger on my butterfinger. Hey everybody, welcome to The Break. It's Henry Gilbert, your straight shooting pal. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Alex from Minion Death Cult. It was a ton of fun having him on. And if you folks haven't heard of me and Bob on the recent episode of Minion Death Cult, you really should. And we super appreciate having him on for this classic season 13 episode. And also a big thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons because those subscribers make this a real full-time job for me and Bob. Thanks to the $5 a month folks at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. We're able to give you 
quality episodes of podcasts like this one. Also, you get a ton of bonuses for that five bucks a month. You get a brand new episode of Talking Futurama and Talking of the Hill. Us covering those shows just like we do The Simpsons. Each a new episode a month. And we have a giant back catalog of over 120 exclusive podcasts just like those of us also covering The Critic, Mission Hill, and Batman the Animated Series. Check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking simpsons to see what your five bucks a month will get you and if you want something as nice as super chocolate ice cream then you should check out the premium level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons ten dollar a month subscribers there not only get all the five dollar things i just mentioned but you also get the premium what a cartoon movie podcast where we talk about an animated feature film super in depth just like we do the simpsons which often means talking for more than five hours about an animated feature film this last month we talked about beavis and butthead do the universe the 2022 sequel that was so much fun to chat about and this month you'll hear us talk about the 1986 children's classic transformers the movie there's a ton of awesome history to go into there that even connects to the simpsons and you'll only learn about that in our premium podcast at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and sign up today you get to hear all the previous ones four years worth of what a cartoon movies of us covering so many things ghibli films like kiki's delivery service classic super violent anime like akira a ton of disney classics like toy story 3 who framed roger rabbit the little mermaid beauty and the beast so so many of them all at your fingertips a giant back catalog even junk like shrek or cool world you can hear us talk super in depth about all of those if you are a ten dollar up subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpson but yeah i guess uh let's let's get into the episode proper here First off, the couch gag is, I think, the only time Squeaky Voice Teen has ever been kissed, I think. I think, yeah, <laughs> on camera, maybe? Uh, yes, yeah. He's, he's, And the girl is much prettier than him, too. He's, Some yeah. animator wanted to draw a, a sexy lady. That's all yeah, there is to yeah. it. Yeah. These, are, these are horny seasons. Yeah, really Simpsons. swinging above his weight class in this opening gag. <laughs> you know what? Congratulations, Squeaky Voice Teen. That's, uh, uh, but yes, Bart is having a very lucky walk. Catches a fly ball from Duff Stadium or a home run ball for Duff Stadium. He finds a shiny new dime and directly underneath it is a shinier new dime, which that's pretty funny. <laughs> and then uh, he also gets a bunch of free ice cream from the Yes Man. They they couldn't pitch a funnier flavor than like super chocolate or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for like, that's it? I thought that'd be something funnier. You know, apparently I, I looked this up. No American company I could find sells a flavor called super chocolate. <laughs> but in the Philippines, there is a... Uh, ice cream company called selecta which does sell a super chocolate which is extra rich it, hmm. uh, it advertises bart is having a good time but then makes a new friend in our first clip aha a free baseball a shiny new dime a shinier new dime excuse me my refrigeration unit is broken could you possibly eat some free ice cream? What flavor? Why, super chocolate, of course. Oh, yes. This day just keeps getting better and better. And here's a new four-legged friend for me. Hiya, boy. Haven't seen you around here before. <coughs> ah! 
They're shelling out for river dance. I guess it's 2002. The hype has died down. Yeah, well, Michael Flatley's left it, so oh. you know the, he's doing his competing Lord of the Dance. Oh, why so, bother then? Yeah, it's uh, oh, but, but a very 2000 core there with a the river dance job. It really is important trivia here. Frank Walker's playing the dog. This yep. is his last appearance until he comes back in 2014 to play Nibbler mm-hmm. in the Futurama crossover. We've covered this in past episodes because they're trying out new Welkers. First, it was Jess Harnell. They don't use his voice, but he's credited. Then it's John Kassir. They might use his voice. He's credited. They're back to Frank, mm-hmm. but then they're like, Frank costs too much money. Let's just have Dan Bark. So <laughs> Dan Barker will play a dog barking sound. Yeah, yes, yeah, because act one is just about a dog. That's why he's here. But I think they were reluctant to do any more super animal focused things again because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford Frank Welker. Yeah, that's so. Fr- I, I just assumed Maurice LaMarche did the noises for Nibbler, but they bring in Frank Welker to do the, the nonverbal Nibbler stuff. Uh, Frank Welker is also the voice too, and yeah, and, yeah. The, and oh, the and the okay. munching and bubble, gurbling sounds and stuff. Oh. Yeah, it's uh, and Frank Welker. I mean, he's a pro. You hire. I I can't think he's. I mean, I'm sure he's scale, but he can't be like breaking the bank. But as as we've noted before, Fox keeps tightening the belts on the thing, and I I I we've not had this confirmed in our research, but I've always figured that when the stars of the show those voice actors got were able to secure through uh combined labor efforts Mm -hmm. to get their higher pay i feel like as revenge perhaps fox cut back the amount of money given for every other voice actor and so that's why they're like hey we could save you know eight hundred dollars if we didn't hire frank welker to say like uh, but though he does that so much better and you're getting your eight hundred dollars worth or whatever you think it's eight hundred dollars no i mean i bet two thousand i bet i bet five thousand tops that's all you're paying i think it's more i don't know he's got at that point in history he's got like 30 plus years under his belt that's true and he's he's barking everywhere but uh um the the river dance joke is it's like what it it doesn't even scan as a joke because you really expect them to go to river dance and have that be the joke but they never go to (laughs) river dance it's just a a river dance reference yeah you know what they should have done a the simpsons see river dance gag and they didn't do it the dog could be like a few rows in front of them or something (laughs) I don't know. I'm just pitching uh, jokes here. I like I like the design of this unnamed dog. Like he's he's like very buff. It's like a very like ripped dog who's mm-hmm. who's tearing Bart apart. Though Santa's little helper doesn't have anything to do with this. You, mm-hmm. you figure figure with all this dog stuff. But. The, the dog stuff is is uh, if we're talking about that this whole like opening sequence. The dog stuff is insane to me. I like it. <laughs> it feels. It feels like a Treehouse of Horror episode because I, I don't know if I'm if I'm jumping ahead a little too much, but you know the dog like tricks the whole family into thinking that he's nice and is still terrorizing Bart behind their back. <laughs> uh, he's like essentially outside the front window shaking his fist at Bart, like he's like an anthropomorphic dog. It it really feels like you know that the Treehouse of Horror with the evil Krusty doll or or something like that with this dog oh, yeah, that's or- sentient and playing tricks on the family. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or also the school bus one where nobody believes Bart and mm-hmm. it's it's only him who sees it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they didn't change anything that he wrote for this little set piece. <laughs> no, no. I mean, him biting off Bart's pants and shirt in one bite, like that is very, that's very Schwarzweldery too. Through and, the mail slide. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, I want to compliment in general, Bob, Bob Anderson, the director of the episode and his team, as usual, they are instructed to do very crazy things in uh, the John Schwarzwelder script directions and they do a great job with it especially uh the gun action they have to do later is very well done very impressive yeah but the dog stuff here is is a lot of fun but then also in how things feel very old in the next scene bart is pranking his little sister by dropping a a spider a fake spider on her is this a reference to the classic james l brooks song sibling rivalry oh my god yes i put a spider on her shoulder (laughs) oh god awful song it's terrible that is what a way to end that crappy album uh, that I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm, Go back to our old episode. It's yeah. great. I, I enjoyed that very much. Alex Navarro. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was it. the Simpsons sing the blues one. That was good. But, uh, but yeah, in this case, Lisa also doing the rare thing of talking to Janie, uh, which Janie doesn't get many lines. The show. I, I was thinking that I got to think after. So it's Carl, then Hibbert. I would say Janie is the third most well-known African-American character on the Simpsons. Uh, I, I don't know if she was recast. Well, I'm sure she, mm, actually, or that she yeah. just never talked again she probably just never talks but well, i'm ab- just at least saying for time on the show she's the the most yeah. known yeah what about the uh bully nelson's like henchman that i think they turned into a black kid who makes an appearance twice in this episode did you guys oh, notice yes. him that's right his uh his, his uh, assistants yeah his one toadies of them, yeah. yeah one of his toadies is black yeah people not always occasionally remember them but they don't really have lines after maybe season five or something like that no, like really early in the show yeah he's one of the kids when they're doing like the little news piece on the cowboy fad he's like sitting in a tree with a bandana on shooting down at another kid and i was like i think i know who that is and then you see him later in the audience for the when buck is on the crusty is on uh crusty the clown you see him like behind bart and i'm like i don't think that kid was always black i think he was yellow <laughs> could be a coloring mistake it happens mm, but they but they're so squat and square they really uh stand out as season one characters in this. yeah i think he's but, got like a brooklyn accent he's like wednesday okay for you when he's like yes, scheduling yeah, the beat yeah. down I think that's why they're not used anymore because they were like, this is kind of dumb. This is kind of tacky. Also, you know, Nelson just hangs out with uh, Jimbo Dolphin Kearney. He doesn't need those two losers. Yeah. In our next clip, though, Bart is not believed by his family. Let's go where it's quiet. Isn't that your brother? I said, let's go. Yeah, I'm sick of this Tarzan movie. Dad, it's a documentary on the homeless. <laughs> All right. <laughs> a crazy dog's trying to kill me. Really? Ooh, this I gotta see. Oh, he just wants to make friends. Oh, who's a good dog? What's a goodie doggy? Oh, my da-da-bo-bo. It's a doggy. So, Bart, when does the killing start? doggy. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's expert uh, baby talk that's one of my favorite things from this episode that stuck with me is i i've not had a pet dog since i was eight but i love 
petting my friend's dogs and i think i already am predisposed to be like who's your little cutie dog but after hearing this i definitely go i if i do it long enough i do go to like Gigi, gooby, gigi. Like, uh, I, I love Dan's baby voice there. See, I don't do baby talk. I make up parody songs about my bird and ah, sing them to him. That's cute. Well, you don't infantilize your bird as much. No, as, he's uh, a grown adult, 20-year-old man. <laughs> if you do baby talk to your dog, they'll never learn to speak correct English, though. That's what I've heard. <laughs> and I don't think Dan Castaneda has children, so... <laughs> That, that's good that's good acting oh that is good then yeah i i mean <laughs> i also yes i love the line i'm sick of this tarzan movie <laughs> it's so and, mean <laughs> yeah that's i mean that is a schwarzwalder line too for sure like <laughs> i like that yeah the dog is like playing it cool by you know being sweet uh in homer's arms i believe in that scene and then yeah immediately turns on bart audibly like growling into basically into homer's ear and the family is yeah none the wiser still and he kind of slicks back his hair to look <laughs> cool too which uh, uh there's no mac raining on this commentary to complain about the animal uh, moving in a human way he'd be like go having a fit that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah when he's like outside the window i was probably in the next clip you're gonna play sorry i keep doing this <laughs> no 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 I, I don't have a clip for that so that's cool when he's outside the window standing on his hind legs like white the fog off the window with with his arm yeah he's just totally anthropomorphized at that at that moment it looks like something from uh shrek it's like <laughs> what it yeah, reminds me yeah of. i i also like by the next scene first the the last scene's joke was nobody believes bart in the next scene the way they see him in the window homer's like yeah no i believe you this dog wants to kill you but what you gonna do yeah, you know that's like life. yeah so yeah. <laughs> the the trick doesn't even really stick that long but but homer just agrees that like hey some sometimes dogs or people hate you for no reason <laughs> yeah uh also uh there's a cup there's some good ralph stuff in this bart gets on the bus he's instantly chased off it because the dog was already on there uh and then millhouse uh, realizes bart's as good as dead time for a new friend ralph sits next to him and he says finally i'm the dominant one be quiet Yes, yeah. sir. And he just folds instantly. He says it still in a very sweet Ralph-like way. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. a really he's, good delivery. But Millhouse already folds. Like, uh, like Millhouse, you're not you're not a dom. Uh, Millhouse, you're a sub. That's uh, just going to have to get used to that. I, I like that, yeah, they just gave Ralph the very simple like and kind of sweet dumb line of just be quiet. You know, like something like a little mm. a little kid would say. I feel like two years later, they would have had like Ralph respond by threatening to stab him or something in, <laughs> in, in the Ralph voice, you know, trying to edge it up a little bit. Now, I, I prefer him innocently saying it, but Milhouse taking it as like, <laughs> I give up. I give up. You, just, you lightly said, be quiet. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> now, the next scene, Bart shows up with his t tattered clothes to the classroom and Nelson says, oh, Bart's family is poor. Well, they have something in common now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see that why nelson is a poor kid he is less visibly poor than bart so he's uh, he's creating bart as the new bottom so <laughs> yeah. of, of the of, more tops and yeah. bottoms i know i'm saying the bottom of the hierarchy uh, okay. I, 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 uh, the bottom of the hierarchy there you go that's what i'm saying yeah <laughs> and bart also sees that uh, the dog is waiting for him creepily on a seesaw as well <laughs> and that's when there's the great line that i used as the opening clip of marge saying you'll be late to be killed by the dog mm -hmm. so then there's some fun action as bart is uh, running on top of hedges stands on top of the dog's like circle of teeth which is also just another great yeah, like a bear trap 
it's pretty good and within all of this fun looney tunes action there is there's a kind of a, a absurd smart joke about weird short stories or bad short stories <laughs> yes where yeah. they have their own version of the lottery <laughs> that ends with the end the, i love that yeah all in all it was a weird we it had been a weird weird lottery the end dot 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 question mark that's so great it does i i, I do kind of like that joke because i think one of the hallmarks of like the later the decline of the simpsons in the later years is they rely a, a lot more on puns you know unfortunately you know I, I i enjoy play on words but it feels like just they they lean on it way too hard and bring it, it bring them in out of nowhere to like close out a scene or close out a joke um but eat my short stories like that that feels good that feels like a natural mm. kind of joke that you know it would make sense he's going to school he's carrying a book of short stories to school the pun glides off the tongue effortlessly i really enjoy it and then yeah you see on the cover it says america's second best short stories a good joke and then he and then when it, the dog rips it up yeah you see a hack version of the lottery it's great yeah, yeah the pun has like two payoffs mm -hmm. so <laughs> and also like it's almost them remembering like oh remember bart used to say eat my shorts remember that <laughs> though of course the final sentence of the real the lottery is it isn't fair it isn't right miss hutchinson screamed and then they were upon her it's wow. a chilling tale of conformity gone mad uh, man i'm throwing in the fire now yes that's all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then in another very swartzwaldery looney tunes gag, they run through a dog show he comes out wearing a sash that says most vicious which he tears apart mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a good joke that was also my favorite category in the rescue dog dog show on abc this year <laughs> 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 and uh then as is often the case bart finds a way to a rich person's home who's he's never <laughs> met before and it's the guest star of the episode uh, i wonder if this guy lives right next to the creator of malibu stacy i wonder <laughs> Ooh, yeah and like troy mcclure is next door too yeah, yeah and the Kent house Brockman. that uh <laughs> oh yeah in the house hw bush moved into perhaps. and uh but what's what's the name of uh man the guy who actually created itchy and scratchy what's his name again oh, oh chester yeah. lampwick chester yeah chester Lamp J. Yeah. lampwick he's in yeah. that neighborhood yes. too his solid gold house is right there <laughs> yeah uh very funny uh unnecessary line from bart safe at last now to turn around and confirm that safety mm -hmm. yes yeah and, and i love the the front facing screaming bart face that's a crazy drawing i yeah. i celebrate whenever there's a crazy bart drawing like they they kind of slink away from crazy drawings too much uh in this and i love when they draw something silly uh and yeah you know if you cut out the opening 90 seconds of the show or minute of the show for the theme song this is like a four minute long first act this is a very short first act the here. second act is massive yes yes uh, it really does feel like more of a classic era of the or a classic episode of the simpsons and that yeah it has the totally detached like you know opening act that somehow leads to the actual main you know a story or b story or both and also you know like you guys were saying earlier like this episode is just about Bart, like meeting a famous guy. It re and it really feels like, you know, oh, what's, you know, like a fucking season three episode, like Bart gets a new hero. Like that's, mm. it's, it's a very kind of small story, even though they're doing like wild jokes, you know, kind of like crazy jokes about <laughs> Krusty getting shot and stuff like that. It still feels like, yeah, a very a smaller, more self-contained, more classic episode story, at least. Yeah. Especially the part with Homer 
being concerned that he's not Bart's role model anymore. That mm-hmm. does feel like season three material for sure. But yes, as the next act begins, Bart realizes he's not surrounded by scary animals. Only only one of them, them is alive and it quickly walks away. Uh, but this is when Bart meets a movie star. Hey, wait a minute. These animals are stuffed. <coughs> no! <laughs> Except that one. Don't worry about these critters. They're just props from my movies. This one's from Gunfight at the Museum of Natural History. You were in movies? Hold on to your hat, son. You're talking to Buck McCoy. Who? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Buck McCoy, the most famous movie cowboy in the world. No kidding. Anyway, I climbed over (laughs) your gate. A dog was after me. I'll show you a trick that you can use on dogs. Also worked on David Oselsnick. Who? <laughs> yeah, that's right. The David O'Selsnick. <laughs> the David O'Selsnick is, of <laughs> course, the major film and Hollywood executive uh, who died in 1965. He produced many films, including Gone with the Wind and The Third Man. I think he was the first uh, American producer to work with Hitchcock mm, after he moved right. over from yeah. uh, the UK. And yeah, it's Dennis Weaver, everybody. Mm-hmm. The Dennis, we- Dennis Weaver. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, fortunately, passed away in 2006. He was 81. But he was best known for playing uh, Chester Good in Gunsmoke for nine years. Mm-hmm. And this was a big deal until they finally beat it. But for the longest time, Al Jean would say, and other writers too, only Gunsmoke has more episodes. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Only 480. Mm-hmm. Now we're at what, like eight hundred of the Simpsons? Yeah. Well, so the, so when I looked up with the uh, with their comparison to Gunsmoke, by their count, the Simpsons count said Gunsmoke had six hundred and thirty-five. Okay, my and, count's different then. Well, so I I just based that on I did look up the Simpsons episode where they beat Gunsmoke and they did a Gunsmoke opening. It was uh, the six hundred and thirty-sixth episode. I was looking at the radio series uh, episodes. That's my problem. Oh, so if you count the radio series, then it was really a thousand yeah. episodes yeah. or something. I mean. There are so many asterisks next to that because it's yes. got to be like scripted, scripted American original primetime prime time yeah. series because it's like, well, One Piece has a thousand and fourteen episodes now or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are even longer running shows, not just anime. But with all those asterisks, yes, Simpsons beat it. Yes. Now, now Simpsons is number one of all of those uh, of those of all those asterisks. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is something to get on a Gunsmoke actor, right? yeah. the mainstay of Gunsmoke, who was at least on the first decade of it. I read his obituary. Dennis Weaver in the New York Times. He, uh, you, you told me, Bob. He is a very interesting person. This guy. Yeah, despite being the star of fairly conservative media, like he, he is McLeod in McLeod. Yes, yeah. uh, which I only know through Mystery Science Theater references. But yeah, he's an activist, an environmentalist. He's been a vegetarian since 1958. He still is to this very day because he's dead. <laughs> yes. uh, not bad Only for dirt. Exactly, <laughs> not bad for a guy born in 1924. Yeah, yeah, man. And like he is in the Navy in World War II, nearly a. Del- olympic decathlete he was in lee strasberg's the actor studio like when when he was running it he was yeah. the star of spielberg's first uh non-theatrical movie duel yeah and mm. uh like longtime democrat he was a, a union president of sag uh he also was a big booster for alternative fuel and for feeding the hungry uh through uh groups in La- los angeles like the and, and no alcoholism mentioned this thing so in a lot yeah. of ways he's he's different from buck mccoy one but. more weaver fact he was the star of the movie gentle giant which became the tv series gentle ben 
<laughs> a parody in Homer Badman, yeah. the, uh, the Bears. Yeah. I, another funny thing I read in his obituary was because his goofy character are on Gunsmoke. He was a second banana to the sheriff in it, and his character had limp. And he said, "Like boy, if I could go back in time, I would not play a character with a limp. I would not assign not to play a character with a limp for ten years." And that's a fun little gimmick. That funny yeah. disabled man on TV. <laughs> and he had to walk and act with it forever. And on top of that, uh, imagine now when people meet somebody on a TV show that and everybody thinks you're like their character. Imagine doing that in 1955. He said that every day he would meet people who would be like, hey, I know a way to fix that limp of yours. Go to the doctor. He's like, yeah. I, I'm not the guy on TV. But I thought you were going to say people would uh, walk up to him on the street and like make him do the limp for them so they could cheer and clap <laughs> do it do it chester and yeah also he's in touch of evil too right yeah. right he plays like a hotel clerk yeah, yeah yeah he's an amazing amazing career and yeah also uh but i think after mcleod he kind of sort of retired or did less stuff like this is one of his few fewer credits in the last 30 years of his life very interesting guy that that uh dennis weaver he's any he, and if you looked at him at the time into like i looked up an interview of him from like near 2002 he looked uh, he had a mustache but he did look a bit like buck mccoy as well like they certainly designed him uh to look like dennis weaver as well too the compound with the i'm, I'm not familiar with dennis we like i think i've seen duel as a i saw it as a kid or something but that's like the closest i've been i guess to any uh, dennis weaver properties mm -hmm. i i would watch uh what's mcleod if it's about shooting hippies i would watch that <laughs> i mean it kind of is it's a detective show where it's like this this uh cowboy from new mexico is transported to the big city so mm -hmm. i think the opening shot of, of the opening is him like riding a horse down the like city street oh, yeah. right? that's right yeah, yeah. real yeah. like crocodile yeah. dundee situation Honestly, the show Justified ripped it off, I think, a little bit. Ah. Uh, nah. <laughs> Justified, well, Justified actually is like the Old West, like a cowboy is in Miami shooting people. He's like, uh, <laughs> but Timothy Oliphant, it's a good show. But all, I, all of these shows that have like one enigmatic word as their title, <laughs> I, I mix them all up because now there's like succession and like severance and another yeah. thing. I'm like, what are all, I don't, I don't, I, like, I'm old. I'm, I, like, I think I mixed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wait until they start uh, using the same shows but dropping like using the same names of previous shows but dropping the vowels to avoid copyright infringement just like <laughs> they do with apps and other companies well, you know when they do the reboot of succession later they'll call it the succession mm. like, they'll, they'll go that way that'll help me <laughs> this compound with uh the taxidermied animals and stuff and and the live emus feels like a reference to ted nugent mm. i could be wrong yeah, I see that. but he he was in he infamously had like a wildlife preserve on his property not a preserve <laughs> that's the wrong word to use uh, but you know he had like hunting grounds on his property and a, you know a ton of taxidermied animals there's you know he's an awful person an awful human being but there's uh one video of him on his property where he's like it's like you're on hunt with him and he's like oh there it is there's there's the mother and he pulls back a bush and it's like a keyboard on a stand and he opens fire on it and kills the keyboard you know because he's a he's a rocker Ah, right, so he, right. So he, he's hunting the Jesus. keyboard, and then he finds, like, a little micro cork on the ground, and he's like, oh, and here's one of its young. And he fires on it with a hand, like a pistol, point blank. And it's it's pretty fun. It's super deranged, obviously, but I, wow. I thought it was well, funny. Well, New Wave did destroy rock and roll and made it illegal, That's so true, he but was right to shoot that keyboard. That guy's goddamn lucky he got famous with, like, two songs back when you could make money off of those two songs forever. But Stranglehold's pretty uh, good song, you know. I, I said... <laughs> separate the art from the artist if i could make one one more like point out one more thing about this little scene that i 
like resonated when he goes uh yeah that's right buck mccoy like ignoring bart's total ignorance of uh you know just ignore like totally ignoring what he had just previously said that's like a very common joke they're doing in this later era of the simpsons um mm. when like a character says something and then somebody like you know says no that's not true and then homer just repeats verbatim what he already said you know ignore and it and it's funny you know like like when marge is like you know look at your father he's a new man and lisa's like oh but he's not and she's like he's a new man you know forcing the <laughs> point like that's got some character elements to it uh but they use it so much like when burns is in the mayo clinic and he has all the diseases and he's like oh so you're saying i'm invincible and the doctor's like well even a slight breeze and and burns just walks out repeating about how he's invincible i think just uh, deep denial is funny yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, the outright denial, and it's, and I mean, yeah, it. Uh, they've definitely been doing this joke a lot, uh, but it also feels a new once Dennis Weaver is saying, it. yeah, like he's he's because he does have the weathered old man voice too, and and probably in his real life, like he went through, like Gunsmoke was one of the biggest shows of all time in its time, and everybody knew it, but like i would say probably by 1982 uh he people would not know what Gunsmoke is and they would recognize they pro might recognize him for mcleod then oh yeah but which was a contemporary of columbo as well like it aired in the same block of shows as columbo everybody columbo has a second life that mcleod does not have today unfortunately maybe you'll come back you can watch it on Tubi right now if you want, hmm. or on, uh, or if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can watch it with ads on Freebie. There's, uh, it's on Tubi, Fubo, Freebie, <laughs> Zipzub. I I bought the Columbo bo complete box set, and it, mm. by the way, it was thirty dollars for like seventy movies. Wow, man! And when you want to find the episode you want to watch, you need to like pull out the strategy guide. It's like <laughs> I gotta I gotta dig deep into this brick. I gotta find which which side of the DVD is it on. I don't know. Well, let's figure uh, it out. You can know, Bob, just just one more thing. Just one more thing. Oh. <laughs> Does it come with the uh, the Murder, She Wrote crossover episodes? Uh, no, it comes with the episode of Miss Columbo. Okay. Or Mrs. Columbo, which is bad. Is it just oh, Columbo with a bow tie in his hair? Uh, it was it was a, a licensed spinoff that uh, Peter Falk hated. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's not in it. But sorry, Alex, my joke, I, I was so sweaty to try to get my joke out there. I cut you off. I'm no, sorry. it was good. It was, it was very good. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I have no... Uh, no like scope or context for guns you could show me an episode of bonanza and call it gun smoke and i'd be like oh very good very nice <laughs> yeah as a kid i watched a lot of old black and white shows but for some reason i just would skip the western ones like Gunsmoke and Bonanza were airing in my in my neck of the woods, as was like F Troop, and maybe I'd watch a little F Troop because there were gags in it. Mm. But I don't know. I just I, I was never into Western stuff as a kid. I had never I heard of F Troop until a serious man. That's like the oh my the only <laughs> way I know about F Troop is because that shitty little kid watches it. Well, you know, because Nick and Knight also didn't really invest in rerunning this stuff. Like I I knew a lot of the older sitcoms more because Nick and Knight played them a ton when I was a kid, and so I watched them all. But, uh, you, you know, for example, these types of black and white Westerns that Buck McCoy and Dennis Weaver started, I never really heard about them until like Quentin Tarantino made them the, the main characters of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it's 
all about the forgotten movie stars of our TV stars of the 50s who all starred in these shows and no one remembers them. The, the Rick Daltons and Cliff Booths mm-hmm. uh, of that uh, movie. Uh, and then, you know, there's another thing I really love about this episode, which is Troy McClure has been retired for four years now. They can't do Troy McClure jokes anymore. Thanks to Buck McCoy being a guy who starred in crazy movies, he can say a crazy movie title like <laughs> Gunfight at the Museum of Natural History. <laughs> uh. And it gets, it basically lets them do McClure jokes yeah, again totally. in this episode. Like that, the fact that he has a stuffed moose, he's like, yeah, from Gunfight at the Museum of Natural History. Great they don't joke. do enough movie titles then. Yeah. I wish they would have done more because we see some movie posters and it feels like writers didn't make those. It feels like an animator or a background artist had to come up with a title because it's not like anything funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you're going to play the clip of him talking about his movies but there's one movie title in there that i that i absolutely love oh yeah i've, I've got it but uh but first though his trick that worked on da- the david o selznick <laughs> does work on the dog in a very i guess it seemed like what the dog whisperer would do of just holding the dog down and touching its neck and that makes him trust you <laughs> though clearly it only works for so long because bart's nearly killed by the end of the episode That's true yeah <laughs> now did it did you think the simpsons ever got uh angry letters from parents uh, when their kids tried to uh, handle an aggressive dog by laying their forearms <laughs> on the neck of it. But I wonder if a kid actually tried this in real life. Hmm. I, you know, when I Googled how to take care of an angry dog or how to calm down an angry dog. This tip was not on the few uh, listicles I looked at, but sports uh, Walter is trying to maim children. Yeah. Well, you know what? All those woke listicles wouldn't have an old cowboy trick like this anyway, no. would it? Snopes yeah. is lying to you. <laughs> So yes, then uh, Buck is taking Bart around his house, and uh, I, I have a clip of this too because this has pretty much I love most of the lines Buck McCoy says because uh, Dennis Weaver is also just very funny saying them. It's like you're living in a steakhouse. Wow, thank you. Most people just mutter that. <laughs> is that horse vacuuming? If you can call it that, he soils as much as he cleans. Frank the Wonder Horse was in 24 of my pictures. And directed one. And he got the film by credit. Five o'clock? I better get home for dinner. Well, come back anytime, partner. To the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. It's even funny, just just the audio. It's so funny on that. I I love saying thanks. Most why thank you. Most people just mutter that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so great good. joke. And apparently that film by credit thing was a there was a big stink in the WGA at the time where uh, they felt too many people were getting the film by credit mm. when it would be like their first film or their only film, and uh, they thought it was it was best reserved for like a Steven Spielberg film or like you know a, a big name director. So that was their slam against all these new directors getting the film by credit i see yeah yeah what a weird like i don't know what a weird industry to work in where it's like a creative industry with just a lot of actual technical manual labor involved as well and it's like how do you like and and you know also you know a lot of creative manual i don't know what you would call writing you know it's obviously labor but like how do you how would you determine in a contract what director is famous enough to earn a film by credit Mm -hmm. just a a very weird conversation to have i think you know writers in general are mad that they don't get enough credit on a movie and the director gets all of the credit you know the uh and so i can see why that was a big 
uh, to do, though. Uh, certainly on the, on the commentary, Gene is like, why do we care that much about mm-hmm. it? It seems silly now. <laughs> but though I guess he was saying that right after the last writer's strike, the 08 writer's strike, I think. Man, the yeah, the film by credit thing didn't even phase me until the commentary. I was like, oh, that's what he was complaining about. It's just weird to hear like, and the film by credit. <laughs> it's just another one of those jokes of of like, yeah, what are they write? They're writing about their life still, which is now just totally immersed in the Hollywood system. So this is what they know is like film by jokes. Uh, I also like him saying he soils as much as he cleans. That's another good one. Uh, and you know what? I like the design of his. You're right. There's a couple movie posters they walk by there that aren't really funny. It's just like the Texas Ranger rides again or whatever. But I do like that his computer is like covered in like leather. It's like a leather bound. It's oh, leather work computer. Amazing. Yeah. There's like a leather. There's like a leather sleeve or skin for his desktop computer. It's and, and you can see the rawhide and like the stitching, the leather stitching it it's pretty good uh, and so uh bart heads home marge has made a biscuit of bart running scared from, from the dog uh and then this is when bart reveals that he's been hanging out with buck mccoy this is also a very adr episode like there's a lot of oh, yeah. that doesn't fit and the first one is when abe goes like he was bigger than opium like mouth movement way off on that but in a very Schwarzwalder move lisa tries to talk about her own hero mm. and is instantly ignored and abe talks right over her and we don't even hear who her hero is it, it's they really have to cheat this which is why i think they have on the uh on the card it says little grandpa simpson because i think grandpa is older than buck mccoy i think yeah. so too yes. yeah um the yeah lisa saying i met my hero today shiwa and then yeah grandpa totally cutting her off i instantly thought of you guys and your take that lisa's beliefs sound drop because that's exactly <laughs> what it is it's de- it's definitely well, a moment since you mentioned it we'll do it <laughs> Take that, Lisa's beliefs. <laughs> we like when guests know about and also request the sound yes, drops. Thank you. Yeah, yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it is very uh, deserving of it too. Like that, it's an understated one because they are they just zip right by. Like, no, Lisa, no one cares about your hero. You, this isn't your episode. Go away. <laughs> the um, the little but, Grandpa Simpson card. I don't understand this joke. I don't. I don't like it. I don't understand it. It, it feels <laughs> like they couldn't have him pull out another. You know communist membership card or uh and he, like they did a bunch of card jokes with grandpa in that one episode and they I tried to do it again i guess and it says little little grandpa simpson on it and it's like what's the joke because yeah he's got to be older than buck mccoy and so it's did he did he pretend to be a kid to join the fan club or is the joke that he was just it's an absurd joke that he was always grandpa simpson even when he was little because the writing on it looks like a child's writing yeah yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's made to make you think. I, I lean towards the latter and that Grandpa Simpson was always old. Yeah, yeah. But I I like uh, your suggestion there, Bob, that he was like a 46-year-old man who joined <laughs> the little buckaroo thing. <laughs> as When Buck was, you know, a star at like 23. <laughs> he was, because, yeah, we as they rarely do in the show they actually just say his age later which is 76 mm-hmm. and so uh, grandpa is definitely older than 76 it's before his age is defined as god only knows <laughs> right right <Yeah. laughs> i'm surprised they didn't do a joke like a flashback of grandpa simpson trying to seduce buck mccoy and drag <laughs> <laughs> uh you know what they've yeah they're they're missing his many drag appearances and trying to seduce other men that's yeah. true yeah he's you know what maybe that's why 
guy, he has the fantasy of him uh, being a, a, a beloved woman of the old west. Yeah. You mm. both marry me. That's right. He was imagining one of those men was Buck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's what, queen, queen of the old west or something? That's right. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, they had styles then. Uh, <laughs> so after that scene, Bart takes a tour of his house, and that's where there's uh, some more Troy McClure style uh, movie titles. After that, I starred in Wyatt Earp Meets the Mummy. Then six brides for seven brothers. They were pictures that the whole family could enjoy. No drugs, no nudity, no cussing. Just drinking, fighting, and tripping horses with wires. <laughs> What's this lunchbox made of? Well, back in my day, we had a thing called metal. Everything was made of it. Lunchboxes, cars, you name it. Metal. <laughs> Hey, can you still do cowboy tricks? Well, here's one I did in the wild lunch. Everything tastes better when it's lassoed. Would you lasso me a banana? Now, how the hell would I do that? <laughs> That's a great line reading. Yeah, because it's even better than showing a ridiculous thing like lassoing uh, soda and <laughs> chips for Bart. Is that when he's asked to do a similar thing, he's like, "Well, that's impossible. How <laughs> would I do that?" Like, it is rejecting it. It was only this time watching that I registered. He said, "The wild lunch." I learned this trick from the yeah. wild lunch, which is an appropriate <laughs> pun because he then lassos mm -hmm. lunch. I I like that a lot. When I see these metal lunch boxes, though, I don't think about the past. I think about how every stupid nerd collectible is packaged in one of these. I think like one out of every, one out of every six like uh, DVD collection or like action figure thing comes with a metal lunchbox. Henry's looking around his, uh, his his apartment here. Do you see one? Uh, well, I mean, the Gamera collection of MST3K came uh, out. okay. Yeah, yeah that's for, yeah. for one example. So now yeah. the context is very different. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, with Schwarzwelder complaining that metal uh, lunchboxes ain't metal no more, did, did he like that the hipsters reclaimed metal lunchboxes and brought mm. them back? I, I would think not. Now they're kitsch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bart, like, not knowing the word metal is such a boomer joke him going metal mm. like that's like that's like a boomer a boomer fever dream on on facebook <laughs> yeah. yes. like, like all you needed was him to say oh yeah then this was my most popular movie and bart's like i can't read what that says and it's because it's in cursive and no kids today <laughs> no no cursive at all how do i click the poster <laughs> <laughs> you, you are an expert of the facebook memes alex i i, I learn about a lot of them <laughs> oh, yeah. i saw a good uh, boomer facebook meme that was it was a picture of old Ronnie Reagan in the 80s at a, a presidential barbecue holding a beer. And it said, like, in, you know, the white meme font, yes, that's the president drinking a beer. And yes, he's cooking meat. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I want our president to drink. I, I, kind of, I kind of agree. I miss a dry. I don't like these dry presidents. No. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, I like the one that has, yeah, a classic picture of Ronald Reagan. Like, I think he's even, like, in one of his cowboy movies and then it says like back in my day uh we sold weapons to iran <laughs> that's a good one uh, but wider meets the mummy and six brides for seven brothers they're good not great uh, the gunfight of the natural history museum of natural history that's the funniest one to me but the wider meets the mummy is a uh, parody you know the uh the abbott and costello meet the mummy six brides for seven brothers a parody of the musical seven brides for seven brothers because that means that one of the brothers doesn't get a bride i had heard about that 
uh, musical recently is just the reason they did it in high schools a bunch in the past is because it gave a lot of parts for boys uh, and girls. Mm. So every everybody gets a role in it, basically. There's, there, there's 14 know. leads. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah participation uh, trophy, the musical, is what the Facebook oh, m- meme would say. The the very funny, very Schwartzweldery joke is on the lunchbox. It's Buck McCoy in Six Gun Lullaby. He's shooting people in their sleep. Yes. He's I just murdering a sleeping group of people. Shooting defenseless men who are like awaking up after one person is shot and the other guy's like no and he's being shot that is great yes yeah, i love that, that. i mean yeah, yeah the, the title is great and like the idea is very dark and funny uh also they they do touch on that one of the more disturbing things about watching old westerns is watching certainly horses injured if not killed when they're tripped with wires it is every time i'm like well that horse uh, i'm sure didn't live much longer after that scene was shot i don't know maybe horses were more durable than back then i bet not that's why we couldn't watch any more of luck no yes, yeah yeah wow. see, remember the, luck yeah. the woke mob canceled luck and it's <laughs> horse killing <laughs> You know, if David Milch wants to cu- kill a bunch of horses, that's his right to do so. He's, he didn't he's kill a, enough on uh, Deadwood. That was him, uh, right? Yes. Okay. And he, I, I'd watch him kill horses all day, but Deadwood's that brilliant. I love that show. <laughs> it's the greatest show. They, they didn't kill any Like, as far as I know, no horses died on Deadwood. It's a clean, it's clean on that show. Homer and Marge learn about it again in a very ADR bit, but whatever they said before is not as funny as what they say at the start of this clip here, I think. I guess you're not going to have an adventure this week. Eh, just you wait. Hey, boy, where'd you get that hat? Buck gave it to me. He's just about the greatest guy who ever lived. I want to grow up to be just like him. No kidding. Hey, speaking of achievers, they're thinking of spraying your old man's workspace for ticks. That's great, champ. I know you've been wanting that. Well, got a mosey, Homer. Ma'am. Buck sure is fond of that cow, gentlemen. It's just not fair. This buck fella's had all the advantages. Horse riding lessons, the finest makeup, delicious studio food. Oh, homie, you'll always be my western hero. Swell. <laughs> so condescending. Yeah. Uh, the part of this I don't, I'm not a fan of is the, the cutesy schmutzy Bart's a cowboy stuff with his, his widow ears up all pulled down with yeah. the big hats. Yeah. I, it's, it's a little, it's a little, makes you want to gag a Bart bit. demands these be adorable yeah. later though. That's, That's true. Why they, yeah. they, they acknowledge it. It doesn't make it better. I like no. that they recognize like we were kind of being a little too cute with this, aren't we? Uh, I love Homer's, uh, I love Bart's condescension to Homer. Like, That's great champ. I know you've been waiting for that. <laughs> anyway, he just like. That's such a, I love that like back and forth there it's they're thinking of spraying your old man's workplace for t- they're not even spraying it they're just considering <laughs> it <laughs> and, and yeah he says that's great champ and then he says i know you've been wanting that and that sounds like a real like carl and lenny line hey can't go wrong with that or you know i i, <laughs> I know you've been you've been wanting that it's probably homer with the ticks i think <laughs> great deliveries from from everyone here like i i really feel like this era is the actors are still kind of giving a shit i definitely think they seem to be getting like less direction maybe or like doing less doing fewer takes um in the in the later seasons like i've i kind of came to the realization as i as i kind of try to explore the later and later seasons because i i kind of stop really loving the show around like season 11 or season 12 Mm. i i have some favorites in those like kill the alligator and run is like one of my favorite episodes i like behind the laughter a lot like i know those are like problematic Mm. episodes and like people hate them but that was like my you know when i was watching the newer episodes 
episodes. That's kind of like my age range. You know, I'm 1987. So I was like 11 or, or something when those episodes were coming out. I don't know. I, no, I was older mm-hmm. than that. But um, I feel like, you know, people talk about the writing declining in in the later Simpsons years, but I do think some of that is on on the actors. I think like they're kind of less maybe invested in the character or something. And while I was watching this, I kind of had like more of a understanding or what I think might be an understanding. They're leaning into like the, the self-reference stuff and the irony stuff a lot harder in these episodes. You know, they are like competing with Family Guy and stuff like that. So they do these like broad line reads, you know, that are supposed to be a joke. You know, like, I guess you're not going to have another adventure this week, you know? And that's like <laughs> supposed to be like a meta joke. It's supposed to be kind of a big and broad thing. And like when Bart says in this episode, everything tastes better when it's lassoed, like that's like a really big delivery, but I think it's supposed to be, it's supposed to sound kind of like a commercial. It's supposed to be like a commercial acting yeah, yeah, performance. Yeah. Um, but I, I just hear that, like that, that sort of delivery starts really grating on me. Like when in the Funzo episode, when Bart's like, Funzo makes playtime fun. It's like, that's not like really a, a joke, you know? Um, and I feel like maybe the voice actors got like irony poisoned by the writing. <laughs> and so they just don't, they don't like give the smaller performances anymore. Yeah. I yeah. I can see, see that. When, yeah, the, yeah. when the writing is a parody of itself, you lose a more naturalistic acting to sell that. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, I guess I'll just be big every time then. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, they have not recorded together for a long time. Oh, I don't that think. too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and plus now they're all making like, couple million a season so i i could see you're like yeah you know i'm making a couple million a season let's try to keep this workday down to four hours i do like homer's at least driving like just you wait like that he's because he knows like now this my my scene is starting now it's now my time to have an adventure in the episode well i'm i'm actually glad for that scene because at that point in the show i was like is there no b plot is it just the cowboy guy and then i was like okay the promise of a b plot okay (laughs) where's uh, captain wacky at Uh, and so buck comes over for dinner uh well first we see bart is doing really good with lasso tricks which uh he doesn't think he's good at it yet but man they look hard i watched i watched some videos on lasso tricks and uh yeah it's not not easy stuff to do uh and it's uh, the rope's pretty heavy i've seen I, I will say, if you watch one of those videos, you then get a lot of suggestions for conservative media, I will <laughs> say. I, I also watched a video once. Uh, I was like, do I want to get a, a cast iron pan? I got to learn how to season it myself. And I watched this guy who was like, the cowboy cook shows you how to season your own pan. I was like, okay, let's see. And then he starts it with like, and now a prayer for our police officers. Uh. <laughs> it's so hard right now. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should have figured from the cowboy cook. And, uh, one thing, I want all the cast iron sickos stay out of the comments. <laughs> I don't want to adopt your way of life no. and don't push it on anyone i didn't buy a cat i i did not become a cast iron uh skillet type person i it seems like too much work honestly like i i don't know alex have you ever uh tried it out the cast iron lifestyle uh, i was lucky enough to be boyfriended into the cast iron lifestyle mm, um, I see. it really it really does make a difference you know the uh, cooking a burger or cooking meat on it really helps brown brown the, that baby up you know you gotta season it all the time and it's you know my weak arms it's okay <laughs> Well, you gotta. The, the hardest part isn't the seasoning. The hardest part is scraping it. So you have to scrape it after yeah. you use it, and then seasoning it just consists of like putting, you know, olive oil on it and heating it up a little bit, and like that's that's all seasoning is. Basically, a hot sponge for oil, then. Yeah. <laughs> 
I enjoyed my food seasons with the uh, the non-stick microplastics. Yeah. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be sticky. That sticks to your ribs, microplastics there. <laughs> so uh, Buck comes over for dinner. Homer's already acting jealous. Uh, in a very 80-yard line, he says, on top of which I don't look bald when he's wearing his hat. Uh, also, as, uh, as an early warning sign on Buck, he the only one he of the list of things Marge says of their dinner he is excited about is refried whiskey, mm-hmm. which... Uh, and, uh, we have a quick joke that Abe is the fanboy who is uh, told, like, get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Bart is disgusted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, this is when we get uh, him showing off his old movies. Gee, Buck, your old films are as violent as today's. One of the wheels broke off my chair today, but I didn't make a movie about it. Shh. In the 50s, I did a TV show. It only lasted a year, but we did 360 episodes, all of them. Great. I did the commercials myself. Remember, kids, drunken cowboy brand whiskey is smooth as milk. I'm not sure I approve of selling whiskey to children. Well, that ad was aimed at children who were already heavy drinkers. Tonight's episode... Excuse me, while I kill the sky. Yeah. Why are you driving a car? <laughs> yeah, in the 70s, westerns were out and detective shows were in. Seems like all I did was shoot hippies. <laughs> they wrote me out of the show and it became Room 222. <laughs> uh, that was James L. Brooks's first uh, sitcom he created. That's oh, a great that line. makes and sense. Knee slapper. I was yeah. wondering about why, because I had to look up what Room 222 was, and I was like, why is this the joke? But that that makes sense now. <laughs> the way those hippies fall down when shot is just so funny. <laughs> they just none of them scatter. They're just like what? <laughs> just like drop, 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 and just that all the show. Obviously, McLeod was not about driving around shooting hippies, but it's about riding a horse <laughs> and shooting hippies. Yes. The first person uh, perspective on just the gun in frame like a first person shooter killing all the hit shooting them at like almost point blank range is so funny it's and that's what <laughs> that's what john schwartzwater wants to do <laughs> it, it's super funny but you know that like some 17 year old right-wing monarchist has uploaded that clip to youtube with just the caption based Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah it, it reminds me yeah of like you know the the boomer fever dream it's it, it would be it, it's not quite like the ultimate boomer fever dream which is the hippies would have to show up at your house like the, like yes. you have to not have to even be like get up off the couch to kill the hippie like the hippies mm-hmm. should be kicking down your door and then you can just sit there with your uh your sawed off shotgun and 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 kill them that way like obviously death wish like the original death oh, yes. wish oh, yeah where he's like a bleeding heart. I finally watched it like five years ago. I'd never seen it. And it's so funny because he's like a bleeding heart liberal architect uh, who's then like wife and and daughter get murdered by just a random gang of teens. So that turns him into a conservative vigilante, which is mm-hmm. like that. that is like the conservative bromide. A liberal is just a conservative who hasn't been mugged yet except mm-hmm. like it is just they're fan they're fantasizing about much more than being mugged which is yeah the, the women in your life uh bad stuff happening to them you bringing that up reminds me of again yellowstone the couple episodes i watched of yellowstone were <laughs> that one of the plots in it was there were these 
crunchy environmentalists who were protesting uh, some drilling in the area and uh, a couple of the environmentalists like uh, like were violent terrorists and and have a shootout in a bar or in a in a diner and of course Kevin Costner's character is the good guy with a gun and shoots both of them uh, the two guys with guns and kills them Uh, and then the accomplices of the other environmentalists get arrested she's like hey you can't arrest me I don't know that and the da there says you're not in portland anymore and here the da's (laughs) arrest people i was like wow i'm watching some red state tv here yeah kevin cost kevin costner in that show you the hero of the show is a millionaire small business tyrant who's also a cop he's like Mm -hmm. also the the like be in the bureau of land management or something he's like a higher up bureaucrat who can arrest people uh and basically runs like a slave ranch for for his people which i'll reference later in in this episode when it comes up is this the most popular show on television now yeah pretty much okay and is uh, oh it also is entitled millennial daughter comes back to town Mm. and she's real slutty and she's learning her place oh beth beth rocks beth is actually (laughs) like she's actually like the best kid i think for him like she's like the brains of the operation i think but the clip that i saw that got me hooked on yellowstone was a group of asian tourists approaching a bear like they left (laughs) their tour bus to approach a bear you know and these guys they don't know what the what the hell they're doing. They're from some freaking other country. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't know which way's up. So they're walking they up to the bears. They never heard of a, <laughs> of a dang bear. So they're walking up to this bear, and the tour guide is like, "Oh yeah, that's a bear. You can go touch it. Go touch it. Go have fun. Knock yourself out." And uh, <laughs> Kevin Kevin Costner shows up, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing? That's a bear, you you morons!" You know, I don't think he says any slurs. He eventually, you know, uh, he says, "This is my private property. You gotta leave." And they're like, "Private property should be illegal." like you should not be allowed to own property and he's like oh and he fires a gun into the air and gets him to run off (laughs) i I saw that clip on facebook and i was like oh my god we got to cover this on the show (laughs) my god this is unrelated but it reminds me that henry and i just watched uh gremlins 2 the new batch in theaters Wow. With, with Joe Dante. Joe Dante doing an interview. So probably left jealous. after Act One. <laughs> but uh, there's a character in the movie that is a, a, a stereotype of a Japanese person. And I forgot it was like, oh, yeah, the stereotype was they go on vacation and take pictures take of things. Photos. Yes. That's yeah. the stereotype. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that band Zebrahead? It was like no, a, no. a rap rock band from like 1998. They had like one or two hits. I can't remember the name of the, the, the single, but. But yeah, there's like, it's just, there's extras in that video who are just a bunch of Asian people taking photographs of the band. And like, that's a, that's a full like third of, of the music video. That's Weird. just a joke. No, no yeah. There's uh most things in the nineties had to have at least one Asian family with cameras joke. I mean, the Simpsons the literally Simpsons. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you Drew Barrymore? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You didn't do it in the accent they say in the episode. Well, but, I, but, yeah. I can't. <laughs> just not skilled enough. Not, not Hank Azaria <laughs> levels of talent. <laughs> he's the master of accents we said it before we've said it before yeah uh, so so yeah this is when they say that uh, you know westerns are due for a comeback which not true they they never come back like not what until now then i do like they says 
We can play Cowboys and Indians and the nerds can be Indians. Lisa does the Lisa never gets to do a collar pull joke. It's so funny hearing Yardley Smith go that make that noise. And this is when Bart comes to town at the uh, the playground and Ralph's playing the piano just like in a Western. And then the music stops and the new cat, the Cowboys in town. My favorite joke is that uh, Martin is trying to make uh, (laughs) it's trying to make Hawaiian shirts work, but turns out he's not fun he's just fat Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) the animation on the on the lasso around the hawaiian shirt stripping it off of him is so good the impossible lassoing in this episode is in general is all is all great yeah he's good at lassoing (laughs) off clothes in like underwear and also you know what the previous line about uh, the people who wear hawaiian shirts are for fat guys or big uh big fat party animals or gay guys martin you know he's both fat and his sexuality seems to also Mm. lean in the other direction too he's a lame fat gay guy though so he has to learn how to be a party animal i think he's gotta get he's He's, he's trying he's trying out the hawaiian shirts yeah you know? hawaiian shirts uh stereotypes yeah fat guys party animals gay guys and also uh singers of legendary cleveland hardcore bands <laughs> There's a, and, and john lasseter yeah and, yeah. And, john oh, and, lasseter. Weird al. yeah. and weird al and he's still wearing them he changed his hair and glasses but he still kept those hawaiian shirts but yes uh so in a very adorable way the school loves cowboys Bart, you look so cool. I was thinking this could be a new fad. What about Hawaiian shirts? Hey, you're not fun, you're fat. Now listen up, when I come back tomorrow, you better have cowboy suits. And they better be adorable. This is Kent Brockman here at Springfield Elementary, where a new Western craze is sweeping the campus. I'm Kevin Costner in one of his Western roles. (laughs) I'm a gulch. So I guess you could say this barely qualifies as news. I'm Kent Brockman. Uh, a lot of people could say that about a lot of things mm-hmm. on the news these days. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Ken Brockman, I wonder if his daughter's the one who got him to cover this schoolyard fad like she did with Malibu mm. Stacy. Or no, 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 yeah, Lisa, she, Lion, Lisa Lionheart, excuse me. Yes, yeah, yeah. talk about the dolly. Yeah, <laughs> she, she could have gotten into them too. Like, I love, I'm I'm Kevin Costner in one of his rest, Western roles. No specific film, just one of them. There's somebody to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> I like when they address like schoolyard fads. Uh, like I, the only one I could really think of was the earring a- episode. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the where Homer joins the the naval reserves and Bart get wants to get the earring. I, I I don't know. I like it. Feels like an actual kids story where they're they're dealing with like playground politics and and trends. I I, I think it's cute. And there's the yo-yo fad. Yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah. And all of them talking about seeing the Itchy and Scratchy movie, <laughs> but. But it's great that uh, no kid, uh, Westerns have still not become a child's fad yet. Like, you know, I think... I think they they, they were uh, mm. initially, right? Kids love Westerns. Oh, back when John Swartzwelder was a child. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. They all loved him. The Daniel Boone... I mean, if you read some of the oldest uh, Charlie Brown comics, they're about the, you know, the Daniel Boone hat and everybody with their their coonskin hats, uh, everybody wearing them. It was such a big fad back then. You can, like, uh, you can kind of grease the skids on any fad for children as long as it involves a toy gun i think like Mm -hmm. i i definitely had like a like a toy revolver a toy 
six shooter when when I was a kid. And it's very funny to see all the Simpsons kids and and characters on here just firing toy guns at each other on a schoolyard (laughs) playground. I had my own little boomer moment where I was like, well, you couldn't do that now. (laughs) For sure. This is this is post column. I don't think you do that then. Yeah, it's actually you could do it then either. (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, right after Columbine at my high school, it was locked down. You couldn't go nowhere like and it was we didn't do clear backpacks, but certainly the uh, well, the big thing was that you had to walk around wearing lanyards all the time to prove you were a real student there, not some stranger coming in with guns, which again, it, but it the made calls no were sense. coming from inside the house. I know with yes, Columbine. Yeah. Honestly, I, I have to think somebody in the school just knew the guy who ran the lanyard company and uh, sold, was, was selling up. I mean, that, what, a, what a boon for bullies, though. You have an instant weapon on every potential victim. Just <laughs> wrap them. Oh, yeah. Just, just grip it. right there. Yeah. Choke them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yes, there's a, a brief little uh, scenes of the Western craze going around. We have Apu singing a song that really is just a set up for homer to talk about needing to pee and yeah, he's singing uh, don't fence me in and homer replies with can't hold it in about his urine that he needs to, to release from his. he body. wants to expel some yeah. urine <laughs> uh very weird scene like the second time around watching it it kind of struck me like why are they all in just sitting on the floor in the quickie mart having like a, a campfire song and yeah very strange little cutaway scene almost i mean i i suppose it is also just trading on it's funny to hear the voice of apu sing an old country song yeah. i would assume it's kind of just trading on i think that. so yeah. yeah i mean it's as simple as that what if he did it in his american accent <laughs> that'd be funny here uh, so then it's getting so popular that the kids are appealing to Krusty to book buck on the show Krusty, how do you feel about putting Buck McCoy on your show? Pass. We also represent Billy Joel. Who's the first one again? Buck <laughs> McCoy. Forget it. I'm not putting some Western star on just because it's the flavor of the month. I want my show to have a timeless quality. Here's your hanging Chad sketch, Krusty. <laughs> oh, good. You worked in Judgito. Please put Buck on. He's my hero. Plus, he'll work for scale. Scale minus 10. I ain't going on some clown show. I'm retired. No one expects you to do anything difficult. They understand you're too old. Listen, Missy, the last two city slickers who use reverse psychology on me are pushing up daisies. They're dead? No, they just got lousy jobs. That is so uh, vaudeville. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Yeah, crazy joke. Speaking of jingles, uh, you know, I could make a jingle out of like, I want this show to have a timeless quality for how many times we mentioned... (laughs) Boy, that's a dated joke. It's a great joke about how hanging Chad jokes already by post 9-11 are dated. Like, they, even then they were. Like, nobody's joking about the hanging Chads anymore. And now I guess Krusty is back to being uh, Johnny Carson again. <laughs> yes. For this yeah. episode. Al Jean's back in charge, so he's back to being Carson. Yeah. And I mean, though he's also Leno because he loves Judge Ida. Right, right, yes. right. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like it really 
portends poorly that yeah talking making a joke about how the supreme court halted an election a presidential presidential election recount oh wow that's old news it's like i feel like that's like a world <laughs> historical event that you could keep referencing uh, for some time nobody remembers that one now though honestly no yeah. no yeah <laughs> when, this is my fault for just wasting my time in replies on twitter but every time i see i see people i i can't not do it when people are louding Liz Cheney on Twitter. I'm just like, you know, her dad literally stole an election, right? Yeah. Like she's she doesn't care mm. about democracy at all. Uh, I think like, I would have heard about this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you mean pr proud member of the uh, honored at the Senate, Dick Cheney? That man? No. <laughs> the line uh, we also represent Billy Joel. I like I like that joke a lot. It feels like a better attempt at self-reference. Like it feels less lazy because it is obviously referencing like all the. <laughs> many times the the kids have helped like celebrities or public figures you know get their groove back mm -hmm. and just but the, but they're actually like going the extra mile and like you know keeping it sort of in world instead of just saying wow we sure do you know represent a lot of celebrities they're actually <laughs> referencing a specific one that they're doing a agent work for i i like that and then i also like crusty's total disgust at billy joel <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't want bit. Who is the first one? Like, yeah, really, Joel? I mean, oh. like, uh, he's never not been popular, but I don't think he wrote a new album since, like, the early 90s. No, no. I, uh... I'm i not much of a fan of Billy Joel's music. I am a fan of his killing Nazis policy, though. I don't know mm. if you remember that. In, like, 2018 or 2019, uh, he came out strong in favor of hitting Richard Spencer in the face. And oh. uh, many, uh, I, th I think he, like, at Madison Square Garden, he talked about, like, way Wailing on a proud boy with a baseball bat. Something to that effect, which I, oh, I really appreciate. Right. I didn't know the piano man had it in him. Yeah, boy. You know, though, <laughs> if you bet, based on some headlines I've seen about Billy Joel over time, I'd say him and Buck McCoy have more in common than just Bart and Lisa defending mm. them, I'd say. They like but, horses, right? Both yeah, of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They, like, they like driving horses into people's front yard. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, also, the, uh, another insider joke here. When he says scale minus 10... Uh, uh, the joke inside Hollywood is that first off scale is the lowest amount that a union actor can be paid. But also in Hollywood terms, you would say that this plus 10, meaning you want to be paid that level plus 10% because that's what your agent gets. That's mm -hmm. your agent's fee. So you say this plus 10. So Krusty saying this minus 10 is that he's even stingier and takes it away so this minus 10 that's uh so it's an extra insider joke uh, more there. more inside baseball yeah, yeah they only the know about how to make tv shows yep the yeah the kids love those uh scale jokes and film by credit jokes <laughs> uh, and so yes after he mentions the guy's literally pushing up daisies uh this is when the reverse psychology finally works he breaks glass uh in case of comeback uh pulls out only his bolo ties though which is also a great gag <laughs> he's for some reason has a texas or a massachusetts bolo tie <laughs> which uh, lisa smartly tells him to wear the tie. i like the way you think yeah <laughs> so we head over to crusty's uh crusty Lou studios we're seeing the uh, the practice of it and that his gunslinging is better than Ever. like he's doing so much gunslinging action here and uh oh you know what i forgot to mention it there was one other deleted scene that uh when buck was showing off his reel of things to the family they deleted a scene where he says and here's a picture where i did a bunch of my own songs and it's him you know it's a singing cowboy joke but the joke is that it's said in the middle of like a cowboys and indians in quotes movie fight 
but he's dressed as like a rhinestone cowboy with a mic and uh, uh, and backup singers singing in the middle of it, uh, which uh, that that was a good joke. Hmm. I, I'd have kept that in. The singing, this I think the reason they cut it is because the singing itself did not like even scan as a tune. <laughs> when I when I listened to it, at least I was just like, "Ooh, that's rough." <laughs> you know, Dennis Weaver. He he released albums when he was alive. That, uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I found that out about him. <laughs> Maybe his voice deteriorated in his old age. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the gunslinging action, all the spinning around. Man, it looks good. Boy, oh boy, does it look good. But though, of course, now I'm just thinking like, so he was gonna he's gonna shoot live rounds in front of an audience full of children. Yeah, yeah. I, I and also uh, because it's it's uh, Al Jean's running the show, and because Krusty is Carson, they're referencing, of course. The most famous Carson clip, one of the most famous, where the guy throwing the tomahawks at the uh, the uh, target hits the target in the crotch. Yep, mm-hmm. and it's like the biggest laugh on TV for decades. Yep, yeah, yeah. it was. I think it's like uh, uh, April '65. It happened or something. April '65. Like yeah. It was Ed Ames, the star of Daniel Boone, and hits him in the crotch. And uh, Johnny Car after a full minute of uproarious laughter where nothing can be said, Carson's able to say, "I didn't even know you were Jewish." that's the that's the big laugh the, the, yeah. and he was immediately arrested yes. for telling yeah, that joke yeah. one of the dirtiest jokes on television well, he said yeah didn't he say he said like he said well that's what we call a frontier bris yes and yeah, that's that's, the... that's what like makes every everybody lose their minds with like how edgy that joke was at the time apparently i mean hey if you're watching tv and you just see the accidental slamming of a tomahawk into the crotch <laughs> of a standy dude like and it's 1965 you know you've you've never seen anything this filthy on american television it's i'd laugh too the word bris was never uttered <laughs> previously the um the i, I do want to like underline how great the animation is on this like the him spinning mm-hmm. the gun and shooting behind his back and then shooting with his feet he believably mm-hmm. fires this revolver with a pair of feet like with his toes interlaced in into the trigger guard and the other toe is pulling back the hammer as he you know of course uh, i guess less believably shoots a statue out of solid granite um yes. but you really believe like i mean the gun is lined up he's like resting in a way with his leg crossed that makes i don't know like it balance like it seems to make physical sense i was like damn that that was amazing amazing bit of animation someone had to figure that out yeah it's it's a very sports weldery thing in that he's also he carves a little statuette by firing bullets at like a block of wood or stone (laughs) or whatever that is and uh, yes, then he shoots uh, five holes in the crotch of uh, of Krusty, which even the animation on like he's fanning the gun like the like the man with no name, like it's just so good. Yeah, yeah he's spinning. Great, great he's spinning the gun, and his torso is like wiggling, like when he's passing the gun back from hand to hand. It's so good. It's it's a very like fluid animation that you don't really see uh, on The Simpsons. Nah, especially not by season thirteen. You you don't you're not seeing this as much but uh so yeah everything seems fine for old buck he's he's uh looks like everything's gonna go great uh, or it will it Ooh, right in the panhandle <laughs> write that down buck this is a real honor i grew up watching your horse operas down at the bijou <laughs> yeah things sure have changed since the 50s I don't care. You know, it's been a long time since I performed live. You'll do fine. Just remember, there'll be millions of people watching you. Millions. 
And TV Guide's Cheers and Jeers editor. And he's already given out all his cheers. And every word Krusty says makes him drink more. <laughs> Just another drink for that flat. You know, we no longer live under the tyranny of Cheers and Jeers anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, D TV Guide, long, long dead. It doesn't tell us what to think. <laughs> I think TV Guide's is still active, though. Oh, sure. He's a break. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the TV Guide channel, I think it's still called that, too. I remember but. as a kid uh, buying TV Guide because mm. I was like, I love watching TV. I want to get better at watching TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to up my game. Yeah. I probably stole a lot of TV opinions from Cheers and Jeers. I remember watching this episode as a kid and just have no having no clue what they were talking, what Krusty was talking about with Cheers and Jeers. I was just like, what is what is any of this? I mean, I know those words, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, and yeah, only like later upon later rewatches realize, oh, he's talking about like a style, like a, you know, a, a column style, you know, somebody's particular method of, of reviewing stuff must be called cheers and jeers and uh yeah i also like the right in the panhandle just another like late 90s or a 2000 joke because about the it's a florida joke as well but oh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah about, uh, about his wang yeah yeah okay when you know hanging chads in florida's panhandle like it it all connects like yeah but also i like that homer says uh i've seen fancier about his fancy shooting mm -hmm. it's all to set up more later that he's gonna say i've seen drunker mm -hmm. as, as the callback and and also i really love dan's delivery on i don't care oh, so like good. it's so much yeah. disdain he was yeah. only humoring this old man he didn't want to start a conversation <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then in a very 80 yard line I don't know what Krusty said before, but him saying like, I won't be doing my uh, monologue because my feet hurt. And now the next thing, like, now the first sketch. And then, boy, I don't like that line. We don't take kindly to transvestite chimpanzees here in Pie Corners. I was like, ugh, ugh, it's a, I'm pulling at my neckline like Lisa here. It's a rough joke, but I do think the joke itself is supposed to be like another meta fourth wall joke, referencing the fact that uh, Mr. What's, it, what's the monkey's name again? Mr. Mr. Teeny. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Teeny is a male monkey so from so they're like making a joke about the actor within the sketch you know so it's like oh well because this is a male actor uh he, we're putting a lamp we're hanging a lampshade on the fact that he's in drag in this sketch uh but yeah it does kind of still hinge on like the uh the punchline being the word transvestite I I suppose the joke too is the snidely whiplash character is committing a hate crime I guess <laughs> not just that he I like the is. idea of animals in drag yeah like yeah. a male dog with a big blonde wig on or something <laughs> that's why do i mean guys want their their boy dogs to have blue collars or black collars <laughs> not pink collars mm. that means their boy dog's not a boy yeah i just it you gotta lift that dog mm -hmm. sorry <laughs> check it out it just to me it felt like more like detached irony within detached irony and then it's also mm. like not not good because of the specific subject matter uh so this is when they call in uh, buck he's missing his cue and uh this is when bart says he's drunk i've seen drunker says homer <laughs> and i also love buck's defensiveness when he feels the horse is judging him he's like well let's reel on you nothing <laughs> 
Though, honestly, the nerdy comedy writer next to him should not be pressuring a drunk man to pull out his gun. You know, <laughs> Both of his guns. I know it's the pressure on live TV, but it's like, you know, the, this, this sketch is over. When he starts shooting things as well, this is when there's a quick deleted scene. Buck also shoots a cue card that had Mel's lines on it. And Mel freaks out and says, I'm not off book. I'm not off book. <laughs> that's, that's a good line. I like too. it. I like it. Yeah. Good joke. Once again, that no child would understand. Yeah, it's also very very inside and then a joke about how the the children are not freaked out about the bullets flying near them they are freak they are happy that the applause sign is destroyed so they're finally free yeah and i don't know about you guys in this era of like uh gun violence and also recently someone being murdered on a movie set yes uh, yeah seeing crusty yeah. just get shot in the stomach <laughs> yes it's pretty very, shocking very realistically just falls yeah. on like Ugh! like yeah 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 you don't see blood uh, but you do see like a, a cavity for you do see like the punch in where like all of like his shirt gets sucked into and is what i'm assuming is like a a, a sucking chest wound <laughs> Honestly, I it's mean, like Oswald getting shot by Jack Ruby. Is kind of. Too. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the drawings are funny. They did a great job, but I, I was just like, wow. Yes. Crusty yeah. just gets shot on screen <laughs> in the I, gut. I mean, I love the visual of Crusty standing perfectly next to his standee <laughs> yeah. to like inviting being shot. But though I got to say, Crusty is pretty forgiving for being shot. And then he's like, you know, what? <laughs> you're off my show forever. No, no charges are pressed. He doesn't but, even go to the hospital, right? <laughs> he's still. No, on no. He, for being a 60 year old clown who just got shot is uh, pretty easy. I, I do love he says like uh, these humorous doctors will cut me out of my clothes. <laughs> it risks becoming a very very special episode with like I may forget to mention I'm an alcoholic and Bart being disappointed though I do like to think that every time Homer's off screen he's drinking out of a flask <laughs> in any episode yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny how quickly like Bart is like oh he's a, he's an alcoholic you know and they all realize he's an alcoholic and so like Bart just immediately casts him aside <laughs> he's like I thought he was my hero turns out he's got a disease yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which I think it's he's too close to Homer now. Yeah, you know what? He's like that. Yeah, now you're like my dad. I already have one drunk in my life. Ah, fair, fair. <laughs> you know, he should also hold it against him that he's shooting his second biggest hero, Krusty <laughs> the Clown, you know? Yeah, like, hey, yeah. He almost murdered Krusty the Clown on TV. That, that could be it, I think. Yes, but but you're yes, Bob, you're also right. This does, uh, in the post-Alec Baldwin shooting some poor, hor uh, in a horrible gun death on set, this does have a different feel to it as well. Not... Though, I mean, they were writing this after the Crow murder as well, that, that, or um, accidental death that happened. Yeah, yeah. It was it was on a Western, too, right? Yes. Okay, for that's Alec why Baldwin, yes. it hit yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, oof. Yeah. yeah but, uh, but yes, when we come back from commercial break, uh, Bart is very disappointed. Oh, this is horrible. My spit takes all have blood in them. <laughs> Look, I'm really sorry. Sorry, <laughs> don't suture my colon. And you're off my show forever. Bart, I couldn't help noticing Buck is a total fraud. So I took the liberty of creating a new hero for your wall. That is just grotesque. <laughs> well, I thought if you were looking to worship someone, maybe it could be your old man. Eh, we could try it. Yes. Hmm. My son lost his hero. This should be the greatest night of my life. 
How come I'm not happy? You care about Bart's feelings? Stop saying that. I think we should try to restore <laughs> Bart's faith in Buck, and we could start by getting Buck to quit drinking. Oh, man. I love his... Stop saying that. <laughs> like, he's tired of hearing that Bart... <laughs> also, Bart is right. That Homer is offering up a ferret fossil with... Farrah Fawcett-style poster with his visible nipples. <laughs> that is disturbing. He shouldn't be doing that. That's crazy. I was going to say, you said... You said Farrah Fossil. That's her Flintstones name. Uh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a crazy uh, poster. It's got Homer's nipples on it. It's it like pointed mm. nipples. It's it's so crazy. After after he's like, oh, I could be your hero now. And Bart's like, okay, we'll give it a shot. I I if you had asked me, I I would have sworn up and down that there was like an an NRBQ scored montage after this of <laughs> of Homer trying to be in Bart's life. But that's just you know like two other episodes. Oh yeah. If Scully was here, he'd be calling a better BQ. What haven't I used? Man, you know what? In a yeah, in an episode with a little more time for this third act, there would have been a montage of Homer failing at being Bart's hero and then deciding to help uh, Buck. But instead, they just zip right to it. Like Homer can tell Bart's heart isn't in anything, and that's when he decides to change things. Yeah. Which this is also when there is a final deleted scene that's on the DVD, and it is a dirty joke. Ooh, let's hear it. Uh, so after Marge says, uh, we'll get Buck to quit drinking. Then Homer says, well, all right, but now it's time for little, Ho I think little Homer needs a little attention yeah. and he lifts up his blanket and reaches towards his crotch. <laughs> And then pulls out a doll of himself that he has been sewing together. And then Marge is like, stop bringing that to bed. And then Homer says, <laughs> I need some attention. <laughs> so it's uh, that was a very dirty joke. I would have liked to see that yeah. in the final cuts. I bet that they don't say it on the commentary, but I would bet that got cut by a censor, if anything. That little Homer and Homer reaching towards his crotch area was too filthy. The on-screen shooting was fine. Yes. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, I, I think they cut the scene because uh, it, it was too rushed. We didn't get enough time of Homer like miming uh, the little the little Homer <laughs> doll and and like doing funny voices with it, which would have been I I think like a classic Homer. Do we have any like I can't I'm trying to remember of him like playing with stuff. Like I, I know he plays with his mashed potatoes when he goes to clown before he goes to clown college, but like it feels he loves um he loves having that box on his head. <laughs> yeah, box, yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. I, those are good moments. You know you could have had one of those moments right here uh and so they decide they're gonna help buck they're pouring out all his fancy whiskey which honestly you know what the less fortunate could really enjoy that expensive whiskey yeah donate know? that whiskey yeah the or at the very least resell it and give that money to the homeless i've yeah. seen too many too many montages of like uh alcoholics pouring their whiskey away and it's like i want that yeah <laughs> i can handle it responsibly yeah. share it with donate us donate it please yeah. just more hollywood uh, decadence you know the <laughs> streets run i think with they need brown liquor <laughs> they need like little free libraries but with discarded <laughs> booze <laughs> man yeah it's like i don't want this rum anymore <laughs> who was i kidding i hate my ties aperitivo not for me no <laughs> <laughs> the the painting when she's like oh is any is that all the liquor and he's like oh that painting's made of liquor i i don't like that joke i was like this just feels like a, a throwaway lazy joke and then she pours the painting down the drain i remember even as a kid being like what that that was totally Schwarzwelder. they call him out i think yeah. that was his challenge like you figure out how to draw this <laughs> i'll give it to the animators that they made a landscape somehow pour out in liquid <laughs> sure, style yeah. like, like pour out of the frame yeah yeah it's a lot of work for a very silly thing of just 
just like, well, that's made of liquor. Like, like the the painting was hanging on the wall. Like, like gravity, mm-hmm. gravity clearly has no domain over that over that liquor painting. Why you can't just pour it out over the sink? There could have been a funnier thing of uh, how about his gun is full of liquor and he like drinks out of the handle of it. That's imitatable. Uh, that's true. Yeah, they can only get away with that in the movie uh, with with <laughs> with Wiggum and his donut gun. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but they then take him to AA, but uh, but for cowboys, the John Ford uh, Center for Alcoholic Cowboys. Yeah. I love this Walter Brennan guy. Like, and it's Carl Wiedergott who doesn't really get many funny lines. The The secret of Carl Wiedergott of why he gets the occasional line on the show is that he was basically their stand-in at table reads when somebody wouldn't be there. And so... Uh, I they, I don't think they could pay him there, or I don't think they would pay him particularly great for subbing in a table read. But the return gift would be, hey, you can have a one-off line in the show every now and again. Though I mean, Dan Castellaneta does a perfect Walter Brennan, so this could have easily been yeah, in there. But that confused me. Yes, old chopper here. <laughs> but uh, so the doctor in this scene is uh, Doctor Foster from Hurricane Nettie, mm. although not voiced by Hank Azaria. Mm-hmm. So it's just his character design with different hair color they, and they, it, yeah it's yeah. his younger 60s model oh that's right yes. that's right yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's wow. a time traveling dr foster <laughs> that's more interesting than this uh, <laughs> i did notice also in that room when they're having the like thick group therapy session there's a statue on like a shelf in the background that's the same horse statue that buck carves with his gun like of a, oh. of a rearing horse and a guy holding a sword you know kind of like custer's charge or something like that it's the same i'm pretty uh. sure it's the same statue and i i I don't know why it was repeated but that's cool i miss that yeah the uh but uh but yes this is when uh buck well he feels aa just isn't for him i was drinking so much i forgot what life was about gold (laughs) gold beautiful gold nuggets as big as your fists (laughs) you guys are sick (laughs) i don't belong here buck if you walk out that door you'll be branded a quitter forever Mmm, something smells delicious. Well, that's it. This place ain't for me. Well, we're not giving up. We're going to cure you of drinking. Look, I worked long and hard, got rich, and now I'm retired. Why shouldn't I be able to drink all I want? Well, I don't know. I just naturally assumed it was some of my business. Well, I don't see how it is. Nobody's even told me your name yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that. You know, Dr. Yeah. Foster, his, his like, burning uh, alcoholics with hot irons, more <laughs> controversial than his spankological protocol. That's true, yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, the Yellowstone uh, moment that I, was, that I was referencing. On the show Yellowstone, he brands his workers with the Yellowstone brand. Jesus. He, like... Um, wow. They like take in troubled men, basically, who are on like their last, you know, their their second strike or whatever, and make them part of the Yellowstone crew by branding them with his cattle iron. Wow. Man, this sounds like a cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like the the, the biggest small business tyrant to ever exist, and he's the hero <laughs> of the show. Oh God, damn, man! I just, I, I mean, I thought of that line is very Schwarzweldery of just like, if a guy wants to be drunk, leave him alone. Like he's rich and old, let, uh, he let him drink himself to death if he wants. And you nagging lady is like uh, that. Uh, Gene says they cut a line of like, I had a horse named Marge once, a blue 
here, Nick. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm on his side. I, 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 I 100%. But like, they're only go- getting him into rehab to serve their own interests of making Bart happy. Like, it's like, a, what if he just wants to drink? Just let him drink. Don't make him perform on the Krusty the Clown show. Let him sit in his uh, steakhouse looking uh, living room and, and get drunk. Why not? And drink to death. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to keep shooting people accidentally, <laughs> then he probably should stop drinking. But yeah. if he's, if he's not going to leave his home and it's just you know he drinks himself to death and that's what he feels like doing well i guess if he's not harming nobody then fine it's your right as an american (laughs) sure yeah but yeah i mean hearing march say i just assumed it was some of my business that that is such a swartzwaldery line and and that the main character doesn't even know who marge is he's also (laughs) nobody's told me your name yet (laughs) if this were um if he were a real cowboy actor though i you know i I didn't quite believe this scene uh, because if he were uh he would have laid marge over her uh his lap and given her the spanking of her life oh yeah just like just like rooster cogburn would have done in mm. in true grit well yeah. and um and, and, yeah what's the movie called the other one with uh marlene o'hara oh uh the uh, yeah it's the irish one it's called the, like the Ma- quiet man no oh, Ma- he he might slap her in that movie uh there's right. <laughs> there's another movie where it's i think it's called mcclintock i think it's called i was gonna say oh, that oh okay. yeah i thought you were gonna say that bob uh and i cut you off but yeah if you look up mcclintock you huh. will see 300 photos of john wayne spanking scarlett o'hara or, or marlene marlene o'hara whoever the woman is in that in yeah that movie. uh that's that's the poster wow man <laughs> and the quote is mcclintock is magnificent <laughs> <laughs> oh wow how many movies did john wayne spank women in because i de- he definitely spanks the girl in in true grit as well right this is when homer uh waits as as often they do when they don't know what else to do to move a plot along homer literally sits on the couch and waits for the tv to tell him what to do <laughs> uh there's 45 <laughs> seconds left uh, find us an ending tv <laughs> Uh, and uh, it also becomes a scene from uh, the <laughs> the film Heat, from Michael Mann's Heat uh, here, as, as Homer demands a harebrained scheme. I'm still not giving up on Buck. There must be some harebrained, half-assed way. This just in, a robbery is in progress at the National Bank of Springfield. The robbers are equipped with the latest in high-tech weaponry and body armor. Stay back, coppers! <laughs> Uh, please, everyone, stay away. We don't want anyone to be a hero. A hero. A hero. Get me Buck McCoy. Dad, I'm on the line. Here you go. Just stop this bank robbery and you'll be a hero again. I'll wait in the car. Are you crazy? (laughs) I'm a movie cowboy. And you're no Howard Hawks. It hurts. But I just have one question. Do you want my son to be disappointed in you? (laughs) <laughs> uh i just love it's like well here you go i'll be in the car like <laughs> just you take care of this buddy <laughs> after announcing the criminals have like high-powered rifles and body armor <laughs> yes yeah it's crazy i mean it is really the gear they have uh the, the crooks have in heat mm. for sure yeah and and it's pretty intense they blow up a cop car like it's it's becoming gta over here <laughs> i do like that uh they go as far as to uh not just imply but point out that buck is also like shooting up smack yeah it's, oh yeah it's not yes, just yeah. alcohol 
alcohol. Yeah, he is. He's doing needle drugs too. Yep. I like that they hang a lampshade on the the only reason to do any of this is to just make an eight year old boy happy. Yeah, go take on a couple of like super villain level criminals uh, to make you want mm -hmm. my son to be di slightly disappointed in you. Like he's gonna even if you impress him, he's gonna forget about you literally next week. That's why when he leaves, he says, "Don't bother me again." <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I don't know if you're gonna play the clip, but since you mentioned him like throwing the needle in the trash along with his his liquor he also tries to throw the the porno mag away yeah i don't have a clip but i love him say like there's nothing wrong with a little hey hey and he just does a little dance like hey, hey. it's like a crusty line really yeah it feels weird it almost feel, i don't know him saying like hey hey it feels like a like a late 90s sitcom joke like it feels like i'm talking downtown like it feels like yes. that coming from homer but like unironically it's kind of it's kind of a weird joke to me you know, it feels unironic until he like dances too long. Like that's where it feels like, oh, okay, this is them being ironic about it okay. now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they credit that to Tom Gamble doing that act out in the room. They say they think they remember it was him that that writer. I also love. I've I've noticed this so much in us doing seasons thirteen, saying stage directions aloud. Like Bart says, "I feel my faith growing anew," <laughs> when he sees him do that. But yes, we as we always knew, it's up to a good guy with a lasso to save the day here. And uh, I mean. It's so funny. He did all these gun tricks earlier, but he's not going to shoot these guys. He just walks in with two lassos swinging over his head slowly. And they're shooting at the lassos, not at him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's going right through it. It's the ultimate weapon. <laughs> Uh, and they all three of the crooks wait very long for him to do a lasso trick with the, with their guns to knock them out and also give Snake a super wedgie that knocks him unconscious <laughs> as well. <laughs> and then, of course, I do love that, again, stage directions, the, co the police say, slink away, boys, slink away. Though, obviously, in real life, the cops would not have as much shame to slink away from failing to stop a shootout. They would instead have shot Buck in the back and claim self-defense yeah. and cover it up. And then harass the Simpsons family. Of course. After yes, the yeah. event you ended. You didn't see nothing. Yeah, yeah, they would have waited for Buck to finish handling the problem and then shot him dead. Yes, shot him dead and say, no, actually, he was one of the shooters, too. We saw him. <laughs> we were looking for a key to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, again, this joke about bad cops, it makes the mistake of thinking cops have shame. You know, that's their their biggest mistake. Yeah. But uh, but yes, it's time for Buck to ride off into the sunset. Wow, that sure made us look bad. Slink away, boys. Slink away. Buck? You're my hero again. Aren't you forgetting someone? Well, there's Krusty, Itchy, Scratchy, Poochie, America's Firefighters, and then you, Dad. <laughs> and don't you forget it. Oh. Goodbye, Bart. Never bother me again. <laughs> <laughs> And then another 30 seconds of music play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I th I really feels like that America's Firefighters thing was a post 9-11 ADR. <laughs> very line. much so. I agree. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that whole delivery, it still feels very like tongue in tongue in cheek. It still feels like he's doing a, a commercial acting gig 
America's mm. firefighters, you know. No, it's not played as realistically as Nancy would have done that delivery in season three, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the Homer's like, hey, don't you forget it. Ends in a big hug and he runs off. And yes, yeah, I love Buck saying, like, never bother me again, meaning he will not be in another episode. Yeah, this ending reminds me of a better version of the same ending they did on King of the Hill. We covered it. It's the uh, how to fire a rifle without really trying, where they win the day and they walk off into the sunset, but they have to find their car. Yeah. <laughs> So instead of walking off to the sunset they're just kind of walking back and forth and like asking each other questions yeah. mm-hmm. this is kind of the same idea like he rides off to the sunset but then wow. where does he go mm-hmm. that's so but funny. i think the king of the hill one is a little better that's so funny because i literally have in my notes him going into the house and then bringing a bag of trash back to the curb to throw it away while the mute while the triumphant music is still playing i was like it's a great joke and it reminds me of a king of the hill joke and that's probably mm-hmm. what i was thinking of <laughs> no yeah the, the king of the hill one is is I, I think played a little better, but this one is great, especially that it ends with him looking out his window, seemingly knowing he's being watched by us, and he's like, <laughs> "Go away!" But and then of course Bart is being chased by the dog once more, so uh, his dog problems are back as well at the end. I, but yeah, Buck Buck gets to ride off in the sunset. He's uh, and yeah, I, uh, Dennis Weaver himself would ride off in the sunset just four years later mm. after this episode. R.I.P. So great performance. Yeah, great performance. Yeah. Seemingly a pretty great guy, that Dennis Weaver, too. Uh, I, I miss him now. I, You know, I'm going to pull up that old Tubi app and watch some McLeod. There's there's 40. So McLeod was a TV movie style show. So, it was the NBC mystery movie. Right. Yeah. So, so every episode is like over an hour, sometimes over two hours. So when I say there's 45 episodes over seven seasons, it really is more like 180, just yeah. you know, 180 half There's hours. like 80 Columbos, but they're all movies. Right. Too. Right, right. But yeah, when I, going into this one, I thought like, oh, it's the one everyone hates and it's going to be bad. But actually, I did kind of like it. Mm-hmm. And there are some pretty shocking jokes in this one. But I also walked away appreciating Dennis Weaver because he's great yeah. in this role. He's, great, he's great Every guy. line reading is so <laughs> funny. They're normally not getting this kind of guest actor on the show at this time. So it was just fun to hear that kind of flavor in his voice and performance. Yeah. It's, it's no one really famous. I mean, he's a legend, but nobody knew about him in 2002. But yeah, I, I did like it. Uh, I don't think it deserves to be as hated as it as it usually is. And I thought I would hate it. Yeah, I, I thought I'd like this one last one we got to, too. But it's... Uh, funny jokes good guest star there are certainly better episodes of bart makes a new famous friend for sure but though honestly i'd rather see him hang out with buck mccoy than jay leno and yeah i mean also i i for historical purposes and i think al gene was thinking of this when he got dennis weaver on the show they knew they were approaching gunsmoke numbers uh i bet though they wouldn't have thought they'd surpass gunsmoke really but having on a star of Gunsmoke on the show when they will eventually surpass Gunsmoke is a cool kind of like almost pass the torch type dealy mm-hmm. on it too, which which I really like as well. So yeah, this uh, this was a fun episode that also made me appreciate appreciate the old West. <laughs> Uh, what do you think, Alex? Yeah, well, I do have a newfound appreciation for our elders, which I, I think are <laughs> our nation's greatest treasure, to be sure. I, I 
really don't like the dog stuff. I think the dog stuff is just not funny and, and uh, way too like silly. It's not Looney Tunes enough if that's what they're going for. But everything else is great. I, I do like the inside sort of entertainment showbiz jokes. And I love the animation is uh, spectacular on this episode. What Like some of the best animation I've ever seen on the show, I, I would say. Yeah, it was, it was very fun to rewatch. And it gave us a lot of time to talk about Yellowstone, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm learning so much. <laughs> Uh, but thanks for being on the show, Alex. Please tell us where we can find you online and more about your podcast, uh, Minion Death Cult. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, again, big fan of Talking Simpsons and you guys. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can find Minion Death Cult uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or at MinionDeathCult.com. Uh, we are a politics and comedy podcast uh, that covers what big, big, big scare quotes normal people are saying in uh, comment sections across the internet, uh, mostly in right-wing spaces we we love to learn how uh right-wing internet users are processing the politics around them this is often uh cringe uh it's often very uh you you find out a lot about these people that they share uh that they sublimate into their politics um and it's also i don't know informative but we we do try to keep it pretty light you know i'm i'm uh a ups driver i'm a teamster i've been you know involved in unions for like 16 years so we try to give like you know working class politics perspective on a, on a lot of the stuff we talk about you know for like people who haven't read theory because i i sure haven't um and my co-host tony is a like local activist and organizer and also his uh half of his family is white so there's a lot of fun, traumatic stuff that he stories that he brings to the table. And I also talk about uh, customer interactions that I'm able to get away with uh, because I have uh, union protection over my job. Nice. That's oh, right. That's awesome. Alex is a teamster. You can't see this at home, but he's doing the entire podcast laying down. <laughs> I should show you this. Look at this sign uh, one of my friends gave me. It's a it's like a pop-up sign oh. from the 1970s that I keep in the studio. It's like this this weird type of sign they have that's like uh, three-dimensional where the words are like they, they stick out and it says quiet please union shop and then it shows a union guy with uh, z's coming out of his mouth while a distressed manager looks on helpless <laughs> oh love that that's a classic 70s meme man see you people you know today's unions they need to lean into that more <laughs> and say like yeah it lets you be lazy and tell your boss fuck off yeah. like yeah that's that's what unions are for it's what we all want yeah you know what maybe uh well it's a far off episode but Certainly, you know, the, your your perspective would be very helpful in uh, some of the classic union slash anti-Teamster almost episodes of Simpsons that, that exist. I would, I would love to add my mouth of a Teamster uh, to any of those episodes. <laughs> nice. But, but thank you yes. so much, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thanks again to Alex. Please check out Minion Death Cult. We love it. But as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get these episodes one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons sign up there for five bucks a month you get just that but also access to our entire back catalog of full-length bonus episodes including uh shows uh, we cover like uh, mission hill the critic and mission hill and uh if you subscribe to that level as well you get also monthly access to regular episodes of talking futurama and talk king of the hill there's a lot going on back there if you're not a patron you haven't heard a ton of our episodes if you want to hear them go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons and there's a ten dollar level as well sign up for that you get access to all the $5 stuff, but also access to one mega long podcast once a month, only for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry? 
Bob, you're talking about the What A Cartoon Movie Podcast, our premium podcast we do each month, in addition to all the $5 stuff. If you think we go super in-depth on an episode of The Simpsons, we do it just the same for our monthly choice of a animated feature film. We just finished our Summer of Disney Renaissance 2, where we covered a different Disney classic from the late 80s and early 90s. We did The Little Mermaid, we did Beauty and the Beast, and we just did Rescuers Down Under. You can check out all of those and including a back catalog of almost four years of what a cartoon movies i'd say we're closing in on 300 hours of what a cartoon movie at this point in addition to all of that five dollar stuff you can hear us cover things as diverse as akira to a goofy movie beavis and butthead to america to spider-man into the spider-verse and so 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 many more including our our record length six and a half hour one on who framed roger rabbit please check it all out for yourself at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast is retro knots the classic gaming podcast all about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retro sign up there for two full link bonus episodes every month henry what about you you can follow me on twitter at h-e-n-e-r-e-y-g and if you're following me and bob on twitter you should also follow the official twitter account of this podcast at talk simpsons pod at talk simpsons pod keeps you in the loop whenever there's new episodes on the free feed on the patreon when we got news in our world polls going on all that stuff you stay up to date if you follow at talk simpsons pod on twitter and if you're looking for an easy to explore collection of all of the free episodes we've done outside of patreon head over to talking simpsons podcast.com that's for all the free episodes of talking simpsons and our sister podcast what a cartoon thanks so much for joining us folks we'll see you again next time for season three's i married marge and we'll see you then at last. Now, I'll just turn around and confirm that safety.